We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. It is tit for tats. You score, we score, and the Broncos are back in front. And now, overnight scores, expert comment, and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. A very good morning, everyone. Great to have your company on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend this Sunday, the 12th of June. I'm Ryan Phelan, stepping in for Ray Thomas, who's getting suited up with his top hat and tails over there in England in Royal Ascot to be trackside for the Aussie Invaders for the King's Stand and Platinum Jubilee. Of course, Nature Strip, Home Affairs and Artorias are over there and Ray's going to join us uh, very shortly uh, this hour from the UK to chat racing. But I'm keeping the Bulldog, Dean Ritchie, on the leash this morning. It's been a huge week in rugby league. It began with coaches getting sacked at peaked with Queensland causing an upset in the Blues' backyard in a cracking game, one of the Origin series, plus outstanding games yesterday in the NRL. There's plenty to talk about, Bulldog. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Fantastic. Well, this this high-rating extravaganza absolutely. that I tune into from time to time and people now talk about... Hey, I, I, mind you, I feel like I'm stepping into a, you know, a, a very intimate relationship between you well, and Ray. Well, Ray and I are very close. But while we battlers back here... We tie kickers are keeping <laughs> oh, this show up. moving forward. Ray's over there in his top hat parading around Ascot. He, he'd I be thought right he was a battler from he? Sydney's West. He's changed, that boy. He'd, he'd fit right in, wouldn't he? He would fit right in. It, it would be quite, a, do. quite it, a, uh, like a million bucks. A pilgrimage for someone like Ray, though, <laughs> who just loves his racing. It, it, it really is one of the meccas of of the racing world, and we're looking forward to talking to Ray about that. But I'm looking forward to talking to you, Bulldog, about Origin on Wednesday night. I feel like we say it each and every year for the last decade how good these Origin series are, but that game one on Wednesday night surely was one of the best. It was fast. It was ferocious. Yeah, it certainly was, Ryan. It was a cracking game of rugby league. As you say, the Origin concept never seems to waver. We're now into its, what, 42nd year, and it's still as strong as ever. But, look, it's been well documented. The Blues got dominated around that ruck area. They probably didn't adapt on the run, which they should have. Freddie conceded that at full time. I thought the Maroons' line speed rattled the Blues as well. Certainly a lot of criticism, Ryan. But, you know what? In the end, the Blues lost by one try. I hope they don't panic. Mm. Freddie and Brandy, I'm sure they won't. I don't think there's need for mass changes. In the end, it was one try. We could have scored that one try right on full time. So I think we all just need to keep our powder dry, regroup, refocus, and go to Perth very confident, which I'm sure they will. Well, okay, yes, it was close on the scoreline, 16 points to 10. But let's, I guess, approach it this way. Game one last year, 50 points to six. New South Wales absolutely toweled up Queensland. This year, a Queensland result by six points. That's quite a significant turnaround in the space of a year. 
when you put it in that perspective. So what's gone wrong as far as looking at both of these sides on paper is the Billy Slater factor with his entourage of Jonathan Thurston, um, Cameron Smith. Is it the fact that Queensland has a much better backline this year? Uh, Cameron Munster taking more ownership of the side. What has been such a dramatic turnaround, do you think, for Queensland? Yeah, don't forget, Ryan, that second game, New South Wales hammered Queensland again. So mm. it was too blot up and the scores were getting ridiculous. I just think Queensland have picked a better side this year in terms of balance. I think they've got a great bench this year. Uh, and Origins like that, Ron. It comes and goes in terms of success. And very rarely uh, do New South Wales have that sustained success over Queensland. And we spoke off air. We here in New South Wales hate this notion that Queensland understand Origin better than we do. But it happens so often you can't help but think it's not a fluke. Do they get it more than we do? Did Freddie make mistakes with selection? Look, it's it's all opinion. Yeah, I'm sure the, the punters have spoken on social media and they weren't happy. Well, you're spot on because last year Queensland had Paul Green. And as a Queenslander, I know that I love Paul Green. He was a terrific coach for the North Queensland Cowboys. But I just didn't see him fitting into the, the Mal Meninga, Paul Vorton type of a mould that Queensland has seen as such a success over their years in state of origin. Billy Slater coming in, I thought that really signalled Queensland going back to that culture and the fact that he stacked his coaching staff with Jonathan Thurston and Cameron Smith. That already feels like a Queensland side in the coaching box. And when you see the performance of Cameron Munster, it's almost like he felt like those boys were out with him on the field because that performance from Cameron Munster was up there with the great number six performances that, that I think we can recall for Queensland. Yeah, you think about Billy Slater, too, as a personality, right? He's very, very meticulous. I'm even told at one of their training runs, Billy went across to some punters just on the sideline who was taking a few snaps on their phone and asked them to stop doing that. Billy's a control freak. Yeah, right. And that's not a bad trait to have as a coach. Look, certainly uh, things didn't go the Blues way in terms of a few 50-50 calls. There was the junior Paulo moment in the scrum. They didn't get a penalty they until about a penalty. the 50 mark. Correct. But, please, let's not take away. This Queensland side deserved that victory. And perhaps 16-10 flattered the Blues to some degree. I thought the pressure they put on Nathan Cleary worked brilliantly. And I thought Nathan, for all the plaudits that he's got and all the accolades he's been given in recent years, I thought that was one of his quieter games. And I thought he was shut down so effectively that it really took a lot out of the Blues. And we just couldn't recover. And in the end, Queensland go 1-0 up. Now, New South Wales have got to go the hard way. Mm. Perth to level the series, and then go to Brisbane to win it. So, gee, it's a tough road ahead for the Blues. We needed to go one up on our home patch. Selection obviously has dominated a lot of the conversation since game one. I also agree with you, Bulldog. I don't think they should necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater in New South Wales because they weren't too far away from winning this match. I mean, Isaiah Yo, if, you know, another metre, he scores that try. Um you know, obviously levels and, and they probably go on to win the game. Even if Cameron Munster doesn't steal that that one-on-one uh, -on -one strip, you know, with 10 minutes to go, I thought the momentum was heading back in New South Wales' They took the favor. big moments, right? Yeah. Didn't they? Every big moment that game, the Maroons took. And that was mm. probably the key difference. Mm. 
But, so, you know, so it's going to be interesting with, with selection. Obviously, you know, th- there will be a lot of those major, uh, you know, positions that will stay the same. Queensland's bench certainly was, was better, I think, than New South Wales, and that's probably where they'll tinker. But there's also injury concerns. Katoni Staggs, will he be back? He's got a shoulder injury. Uh, Payne Haas, which we'll talk about um, later with the Broncos game, he went off last night with what looked to be a shoulder injury. Then you've got uh, Stephen Crichton, who probably wasn't at his best, where he fits in with those injury concerns, because then you've got maybe a Latrell Mitchell potentially available, a Ryan Pappenhausen potentially available. Um, so there could be some tinkering around the bench, particularly with the number 14, would you think? Yeah, look, I've jotted these names down, Ryan. And these aren't players I'm suggesting will be dropped, but I think these are players that will be scrutinised. Tony Staggs, Liam Martin, Tarek Sims, Ryan Madison, Stephen Crichton. Here's a list of players I think will be considered now. Jake Trebojevic, you mentioned Latrell Mitchell, Campbell Graham, Appy Corusel, Angus Crichton, Tyson Frizzell, Keon Kolomatungi, Papanazan if he's fit, and possibly even a Josh Addo car, although mm. I don't think they'll tinker with the wingers. So certainly there's some thinking to be done. I don't think there'll be mass changes, but there's some good players queuing up. And I think they have to do something though, Ryan. It has to be one or two changes, if nothing else, just to try to re-energise a side, which to me looked like at stages in that game where they were lacking energy, probably through that play the ball, being slowed down. I think that expanded to the point where the Blues looked a little lethargic. Yeah, plenty of talking points out of State of Origin 1. And uh, Zorba, Peter Peters, will join us a little bit later to talk more oh, about State of Origin. Yeah, he, he's, he's ready. He's it, on the prowl. The big he's, he's already, already got the shoulders back, yeah, has he? he's ready. What's he said to you? Oh, he was bagging Freddie last week, and we had a little set to. And all I said was, at least wait for kickoff before you start bagging people. Of course, I got the text on full time. I was right. Start listening to your mentor, all this rubbish. So... He'll be on air, puffing his chest out, up on his toes at ten past eight. So. Well, Freddie got one right that I think everyone uh, was maybe a little bit dubious about was Jack White, and I thought he was nearly New South Wales best. He so, was. you know, Freddie got uh, got it right there. Now, just with Latrell, sorry, yeah, Ron. Yeah. I think you'll find he's back to training on Monday. He'll play against the Dragons next weekend. If he gets through unscathed, then they'll look at him for game two. However. I can't help but think South Sydney have just coughed up $50,000 <laughs> to send Latrell to Philadelphia to get his hamstring right for the big games toward the back end of the year. I can't help but think privately that the Bunnies would be thinking, you know what, he's played three games in eight months. Do we really want to throw him into an origin game after just one match? They won't step in his way. They wouldn't do that. But there must be some private fears thinking, please don't pick him. And speaking of the Bunnies in games yesterday, they uh, beat the Gold Coast Titans 30 points to 16. A brilliant performance from winger Alex Johnston there. Um, a second consecutive hat-trick. So he reached 150 NRL tries, overtaking Greg Inglis and becoming just the 15th player in the competition's history to reach the milestone. So a terrific effort by him. Damien Cook was really terrific as well for the Rabbitohs backing up from origin. The Melbourne Storm down the Sydney Roosters. That was a pretty tight match at the SCG, 26-18. to 18. It looked as though the Roosters had the better of the Storm, certainly early in that match. Sam Walker and uh, Joseph Sawali were just absolutely carving it up. But Luke Keary suffered another head knock. Now, he could be uh, set for an extended stint 
on the sideline. So that was a real turning point for the Roosters and a blow for them. Grant Anderson, he was a surprise inclusion in the back line for Craig Bellamy and uh, made his debut and was terrific against the Roosters. And the Broncos beat the Raiders 24 points to 18. That was their seventh straight victory, if you can believe it. They were absolutely uh, getting hammered earlier in the year was um, uh, the Broncos. And um, they were, they've been terrific lately. They lost Payne Haas, Adam Reynolds, Herbie Funworth last night. So they were pretty much without a bench in the second half and they were able to hold off the Raiders 24 points to 18. Yeah, a big concern for the Blues with Payne Haas um, injured in that game as well. But let's uh, start with uh, the, I think the Roosters. Let's start with the Roosters because as I mentioned, Luke Keary going off yesterday with the, another concussion, that's a real concern for his career because this is, you know, a slew of these he's now had over particularly the last three, four, five years. Yeah, 100%, Ryan. Player welfare has become the key issue in rugby league, as it should. He had a number of concussions in 2020. Of course, he missed a chunk of last year with an ACL. But in terms of last night, it was friendly fire. He copped a knee from Joey Manu. Uh I can't see Luke Keary playing for a while. And look, you know, I hate to say it, but at what point do you start to consider your future? Because there's a lot of life to live after rugby league. He's a terrific bloke, Luke Keary, and a wonderful player. But I think the Roosters will look very carefully at how they can nurse him back, if they nurse him back. Uh, Sam Walker came off with an HIA too in an incident that I might point out right now, Ryan, didn't look great. It was an incident involving Felice Corfusi. Walker seemed to land on his back and Corfusi landed on top of him. But it did appear that Corfusi's right forearm came into contact with Walker's head and Walker came off. Uh, look, the NRL Match Review Committee will look at that today. But of course, we do know Felice Corfusi, as good a player as he is, does have a history of those niggly incidents which does raise the ire of a lot of rugby league fans. And, and speaking of uh, history, Craig Bellamy has a history of unleashing these players, doesn't he, from really out of nowhere. And they just come in on debut and they grow 10 foot tall. And that was Grant Anderson yesterday. Uh, he was terrific on debut as well, wasn't he? Yeah, the there were some Storm. beautiful scenes after it, Ryan. Fox captured it brilliantly. He was over there with his family. Mm. I assumed it was his grandfather that was there. He looked like an elderly gentleman, but he was in tears I think mum and dad were there and his fans were there. I think he might be from Swansea up around Newcastle way. So they were, they were beautiful scenes. Uh, but it was a high-quality game yesterday, Ron. Mm. Two terrific sides. I thought Angus Crichton was strong. But I tell you what, Joseph Suwali, wow, what an athlete he is. A couple of massive hits, uh, scored a try, and he is just a superstar in the making. And you know what? 18 years old. If he was picked in Origin 2, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. I would not have a problem with a kid that young going in because he's so physically mature. And when you interview him, he's so emotionally mature too. And if, if they let him rip in Perth, I'd support it 100%. Well, look at what Selwyn Cobbo did for Queensland. So uh, age is no barrier nowadays at that level, is it? And um, just on the Broncos game last night, what an amazing effort when you consider Adam Reynolds, who is their linchpin, he went off... In at half time, Herbie Farnworth went off shortly after half time, so they had no bench for the second half. That was a game there for the Raiders to win. What an effort for Kevy Walters! We talk, we're going to get on to talking about coaches just in a second. 
he was probably one of the main coaches that was under a lot of criticism at the start of this year. And for them to win seven in a row, the Broncos, it's quite an extraordinary effort. Oh, amazing effort. I, I didn't think the Broncos would go within cooey of reaching the top eight this year based on what we'd seen in recent years. But they just seem to be, Ryan, doing the one percenters for each other. They're playing for each other. Kev's really instilled a, a camaraderie among that roster and... If you just said to me a few weeks ago, Brisbane would win seven in a row, I would have just laughed. Mm. Laughed in your face. Ezra Mann was good last night. He also came off late. So as you said, they finished that last five minutes in a tough game without a single player on the bench. It was a high-class game yet again. The Raiders didn't score a point in the second half again, which is another ongoing concern for Ricky Stewart. But Payne Haas was the big one. He came off with a shoulder injury. He's going to have scans today, Ryan, but of course that has implications not only for the Broncos, but of course for the New South Wales Blues. We started the week, though, Bulldog, with coaches being sacked, and it's just quite extraordinary in the uh, NRL era the amount of coaches that get sacked mid-season. David Middleton uh, from the NRL came out with this stat during the week. The average lifespan of a head coach during the NRL era is 4.2 seasons, but consider this. In that figure is Craig Bellamy, Des Hasler, Trent Robinson and Wayne Bennett. So if you consider those long-serving coaches, the lifespan of an NRL coach is very, very short. Bear in mind, okay, Nathan Brown's gone, Trent Barrett's gone. In the gun, we've probably got Gold Coast Justin Holbrook, Newcastle's Adam O'Brien, I mean, Anthony Griffin. He, Yes, they, they backed him at the start of the year, but he's probably under a bit of pressure. You've got to ask the question, where does it end? But you've got to feel for Michael Maguire... I do anyway. Yeah, I would have waited to the end of the year. I just figured they went through the pain at the end of last year with that extensive review, and they backed him. They supported him publicly and said, okay, we're not going to get rid of you. The job is yours. So within 12 weeks, it's just gone to the point where he's been sacked again. I would have left Madge there for the rest of the year. That's personal. Uh, look, the results weren't there. 9th, 11th, 13th, and I think they're now equal 13th, three wins from 12 games. However, I think that there's some good times. Do lie ahead for the Tigers uh, in terms of some kids coming through. So I felt for Madge. I did. I think he's a very good coach, and I don't think Michael Maguire will be lost to rugby league. The Nathan Brown situation is different, Ryan. I think Brownie's had enough. I think the pressure, the scrutiny uh, has got to Brownie. I think toward the end he ran out of ideas at the Warriors. I think he's relieved that it's all over now. I don't think Nathan Brown will be back, but I think Michael Maguire will certainly be back. He'll be back for the Kiwis in the World Cup anyway. I'm referring to NRL. I reckon he'll have a job again somewhere, somehow, within the next 12 months. Updating some other scores from overnight in the AFL. The Fremantle Dockers, 95-82 to 82 over Hawthorne. And uh, the Brisbane Lions are getting a victory there last night as well. In the rugby... The Blues, 20 points to 19 over the Brumbies. The Brumbies had a chance to win that game, but they just weren't able to uh, to get it done. They attempted a field goal uh, close to the end, but it, uh, it fell short. And uh, so they came up short, unfortunately, and their finals chances are now in jeopardy. A big show coming up on the Big Sports Breakfast uh, as I mentioned, um, we're going to be talking a lot of racing. Uh, Ray Thomas is going to be joining us shortly. Peter Peters will join us to talk rugby league. We've got the league super quiz a little bit later. Uh, Jared Daffy will be updating us with all the things that are happening TAB odds-wise. And uh, Phil Moss will be talking football as well. Gary Jack, your man, Gary Jack. The great Jimmy Jack. Is he, what's he feeling about... Um, 
obviously the Tigers at the moment and the, the sacking of Michael Maguire. I'm sure he'll have some things to say. Yeah, Jimmy's always strong with his opinions and we picked him because he can cover Origin and the Tigers, Ryan. So, yeah, tune in after nine o'clock for the great Jimmy Jack. And I spoke to Gary off air. Look, I'll give you a little sneaky tip. He's pretty dirty at the Tigers for sacking Madge. So we'll see exactly how strong Jimmy is in his comments at about 10 past nine. Yeah, and Ray Thomas, as I mentioned, uh, filling in for Ray this morning. He is over in the UK, and we're going to take a break. And on the other side, we're going to be talking racing with the great man Ray Thomas joining us. Hunter's Postmortem with Dave Stanley. Boys, are you surprised that Ayrton is favourite for the strap race? Ron Duffersey. No, because there's no other go-to horse. Glenn Munsey. Fresh yeah. blood, Dave. The 10,000, there wasn't a great deal between them and Mars, who's not there. Chris Roots. I can't see them giving Apache Chase an easy lead again. Hunter's Postmortem. Tuesday morning from 9, Racing HQ. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for Fair Play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. Let's get things back off track with the Nissan X-Trail. Featuring Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Plus, get a standard five-year unlimited kilometre warranty and roadside assist. Nissan. Experience X-Trail. Season C's apply. Here's some news about the Bingley End of Financial Year sale. Nothing's changing. There'll still be huge deals store-wide. So if you need a new heater for winter... A new big-screen TV for the footy... A new oven or cooktop... Or a new computer for your home office, you'll never see prices like these again. Because something's always stayed the same. And, Mum, I'll be there every day bright and early. Well, some things will be different. The End of Financial Year sale at Bingley. Australian family owned for 60. Five years. G'day, Blocker here. Join me and Ciro on the trip of a lifetime of the Rugby League World Cup in the UK and France this November. Catch all the World Cup action, plus enjoy a World War Battlefields tour. That'll be sensational. Stay in Paris, the Champagne District and London. Be there for both semi-finals plus the men's and women's final. Go to gullivers.com.au and secure your place today. Gullivers, the official travel agent for the Rugby League World Cup. Come on, join us. Luna Stint, the, the next one, through Irish Eyes, Irish Sequel and Sweet Thomas driving through as Irish Sequel. Irish Sequel through Irish Eyes, kicks back, but I think Irish Sequel's just one from through Irish Eyes. Third Sweet Thomas, followed by Luna Stint, and then Maricopa trailed over by Papalino. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And it's great to have your company on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. This strange voice that you're hearing is Ryan Phelan filling in for Ray Thomas, who's over in the UK at Royal Ascot. We're going to be talking to Ray in just a moment. I'm with Dean Bulldog, Richie and Bulldog. As we uh, uh, encourage people to join us on the open line number, 135353, they can send us an SMS as well, 0419767272. We often have a topic on the weekend and we're encouraging everyone to participate in the topic this week of great debuts. We, we were talking before about uh, the, the great debut performance in the uh, the Melbourne game last night of, of Grant, Grant Anderson. Anderson. You know, it got us thinking of, of some of the great, the debuts, great debuts over debuts. the years. Yeah, that's our talk topic today, great debuts. Also, Ryan, we shouldn't forget Billy Slater. Great debut yes. on Wednesday night as Queensland yes. coach. So based on Slater and Grant Anderson, I have racked my brains and I reckon I've come up with a good one. 
Yeah. 1990-91, the great Mark Jr. War. Yeah. 100 on debut down in Adelaide. It was a beautiful innings as Mark could produce. Uh, and as Ray Thomas told me off air, he everything came out of the middle that day. So Mark War's debut in the baggy green in 1990-91. And, I think it might have been 138. Brilliant innings. So I'll go junior as my debut. Yeah. You're, you're spot on about Billy Slater too, obviously with the coach of, of Queensland. But as a player too, I remember when he went to the Melbourne Storm, his very first game, he was instrumental in the Melbourne's And I think it was Craig Bellamy's first game as, as coach as well. They were down 22-0. Billy Slater on debut for the Melbourne Storm. He was instrumental in them coming back to beat the uh, the Sharks in that game uh, for the Melbourne Storm. So uh, he was terrific as a player as well. One debut that I remember was Sonny Bill Williams back in 2004 for the Bulldogs. Remember, I think they played Parramatta and he absolutely carved up Scored a try. That's I think true. he set up a, a couple of tries and a great debut season as well. He ended up um, being selected. I think at the time he was maybe the youngest debutant ever, um, you know, for I think what New, New South Wales and and um, and uh, uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. New, yeah. So I um, remember that game, right? It was at Olympic Park and Laurie Daly was the man who sits in this very seat said he will go down as one of the all time great players based on that one game. And yeah. Laurie was spot on. Yeah. He absolutely tore Parramatta to stretch. I think he was playing in the centres that day. Yep. And uh, you're spot on, though. That was one hell of a debut, the great Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah. Well, I'm on debut this morning for this great man who we're about to uh, say hello to this morning. Of course, uh, you don't need to say hello to him because you listen to him each and every Sunday. And, of course, we know his deeds in the racing world. He is uh, the doyen of the pen when it comes to the sport in this country of racing, and that is Ray Thomas. Good morning, Ray. Or should I say a top of the morning to you over there in England? <laughs> Yeah. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dino. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for filling in, Ryan, and love the talk topic. Remember Sonny Bill Williams' debut? I reckon Tanya will remember it too, being a Parramatta fan. Yeah. It was incredible. And that innings of Marks in Adelaide, I think it was, Dino, he replaced Steve, his brother Steve, in the test team. And I think if you talk to Mark War about that, everything came off the middle about that day. One of those days when a sportsman's just in the zone and Almost from the moment he walked out, very first ball, uh, he seemed destined to score 100. So um, great talk topic for me, boys. I'll, I'll throw in a, a slightly obscure one way back in 1976. For one of the very rare occasions, there were actually two divisions of the first two old races of the new season. The breeders played at Randwick. One of them was won by a colt from Newcastle by 12 lengths. He made a massive statement on debut. His name was Luskin Star. Mm. I think everyone who walked off the track that day thought they saw a champion, a bit like Sonny Bill Williams, Dino, and indeed he was. Um, what a sprinter he was, Luskin Star. So what are you doing over there, Ray Boy? Are you having a beer? <laughs> Is there a little pub uh, nearby where you're staying, one of those little quaint English pubs where you tuck into a corner with a bangers couple of bangers and mash? Oh, bring it on. Yeah. There's one right next door, actually. Yeah. And? You've <laughs> been there? Watching the, um, no, because of, as you do, Dino, on a Saturday night, I know you don't drink. I thought I can't <laughs> have a few beers and come on and drive yourself and Ryan and our listeners mad. But um, there's been a massive game over here tonight, England versus Italy in the, what they call the Nations League. And uh, England really needed to win this game tonight to potentially advance in this competition. Nil all draw, they're in trouble, and there's some very disappointed fans leaving the pub as we speak, boys. 
So, Ray, you know, with names recently like Black Caviar, Takeover Target, Schwarzier, Miss Andretti, you know, the Australian sprinters have really drawn a lot of interest over there in Royal Ascot, and that's why you're over there. It's become a real desired pilgrimage, I guess, a racing mecca, if you like, for people that love it. I've never had the, the chance to go to England. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have never gone there as well for the, the five-day carnival. Just give us a bit of a snapshot uh, because the location is about an hour out of London. So where do people stay? Um, what's the vibe like? Is is there a strong uh, expat sort of representation or people making the, the, the trip over there to, to enjoy the races? What's it like? Yeah, there definitely will be this year. Obviously, the last couple of years, like everything, COVID has really impacted Royal Ascot. Two years ago, there was no one on track. Last year, about 5,000 people. And Royal Ascot is a huge, cavernous um, race course. It's a bit like Plumington. So if you've got a small crowd, it's a, it, it, there's no one there. And But when there's 70,000 plus, it's a place of heaving humanity. And it's all about tradition, boys. We're, um, the Racetrack was actually founded back in 1711 by the then Queen Anne, and it's probably England's most famous racetrack. And it, it goes, um, it sort of starts where Windsor Castle's grounds finish. So, um, those who are in the royal procession every day have lunch with the Queen at Windsor Castle and then take part of that royal procession in various carriages that come from Windsor Castle's grounds onto the back of Royal Ascot and along that. Long straight, it's a mile straight, Brian and Dino, in front of the grandstand, and that happens before the first race every day. Um, the Queen usually is involved every day, but of course, um, at her age now, that I'm not sure whether she'll attend each and every day of Royal Ascot, but she has not missed attending a royal meeting at least once in her entire reign, and of course, this is her platinum jubilee, so she'll be here on at least one of those days, and that in itself, Ryan, is, is makes this trip so special because you're uh, I'm fortunate enough to attend Royal Ascot in what is the Platinum Jubilee mm. of the, the reigning monarch. Now, Ray, just because you're over there doesn't preclude you from being targeted <laughs> from Shane from Butterham, mm. who texts in. <laughs> I'm sure Ray will fit Isn't right that in. Isn't off, was it, Dino? Yeah, the struggling off, that's it. <laughs> I'm sure Ray will fit right into the Ascot vibe. I'm just not sure his immaculate bouffant hair will fit into his top hat. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, boys. You've got to wear a top hat. And, um, well, you don't get in if you don't wear one. Did you rent one, Ray, or did you get one tailored? Uh, I had to rent one, yeah. And that doesn't come cheap either. And actually, Dino, you've got a fair bit of pull with News Corp. I'll have to ask you to use your influence because... I was told under our new editorial policy that um, clothing is no longer applicable, but mm. you literally <laughs> cannot go onto Royal Ascot, guys, without a top hat and tails if you want to be part of the, the media entourage um, post-race. So you have to dress in the applicable attire. And um, there are certain parts of the track where you don't need to wear the top hat and tails, but, boys, it's such a tradition over here that... Almost everyone who goes does wear it. So if you don't wear it, you sort of do stand out. And it's one of those little quaint English traditions that everyone embraces. Yeah. And, Ray, we'll get to uh, yesterday's races in just a moment. But we can't move on without talking about the Aussie Raiders over there because they have become an institution, the Aussie Sprinters, over really the past 20 years, you would have to say, maybe more, at uh, Royal Ascot. We've got 
Chris Waller and Anthony and Sam Friedman over there at the moment uh, for the King's Stand on Tuesday and the Platinum Jubilee on Saturday. So even though there's five days of Royal Ascot with um, 18 Group 1 races, this is our focus. So we've got Nature Strip, Home Affairs and Artorias, which you're covering. Give us an update on those and what we can expect. Yeah, earlier, Ryan, you said how um, the Australians sort of create a lot of interest over here, and that was evident on Friday morning English time when they opened up Royal Ascot to allow the Australian, all three Australian horses to gallop there. Now, uh, just for listeners, Royal Ascot's not a, a racetrack where horses are stabled or trained on. So to have a track work session is very, very rare, and on the odd occasion, they'll open it for an international horse during Royal Ascot week. But... In this instance, having three Australian sprinters galloping along the Royal Ascot um, straight, they did it in Indian file, so to speak. It was a huge print and electronic media contingent from England out to see the Australians. And as you said, Ryan, the Australian sprinters have got that um, uh, excellent tradition at Royal Ascot that began with, when Schwarzier won both races, the King's Stand and the then Golden Jubilee in 2003. We've had some tremendous horses win over the years. The legend of Takeover Target, um, Miss Andretti winning Scenic Blast. People tend to forget how good he was that year. And of course, the great Black Caviar. In recent years, we haven't had many ref runners at Royal Ascot. I think two reasons. Obviously, COVID impacted the last two years, but the introduction of the Everest has made it so difficult for Australian trainers to think, well, if they got a good sprinter, do we go to England or do we stay here and concentrate on the Everest, which is worth so much more prize money. But this year we've got three runners. Nature Strip will line up on Tuesday night in the King Stand Stakes. He's challenging for favouritism with an American horse called Golden Powell, who they say is like lightning out of the barriers, but there's a real quiet confidence in the Waller camp about Nature Strip's chances on Tuesday night. And then to Saturday night, Boys Home Affairs and Artorias will line up in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes. Home Affairs is currently the favourite for it. Um, brilliant Colt, he's got a, a decision over Nature Strip and the Lightning Stakes. He's also on a Kilmer up the straight, so we know he's very effective on the straight course. Artorias is the forgotten horse of the Australians, all um, the market suggests that Nature Strip and Home Affairs are our two best chances, but don't rule out our tourists. The double-figure chance about $15 at the moment, but the very nature of Royal Ascot and those undulating straight course and that steep rise to the finish, that'll suit our tourists. He hasn't got the blinding early speed of the likes of Nature Strip in particular, but he's got a tremendous finish. And on a flat, on a flat straight track in Australia, he just can't pick up the likes of Nature Strip and Home Affairs. But on this course at Royal Ascot, particularly with that incline coming to the finish, watch for Artorias charging home late on Saturday night. Well, Sir Ray Thomas, can you now lower yourself to talk to us commoners about racing from Ramwick and also Eagle Farm yesterday? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And you forget I'm... where you've come from, haven't you, Ray? <laughs> Didn't take long. I'm a Westie. I'm a Westie and uh, always will be, so... Um, actually, Dino, you'd be proud of me, Dino. I managed to work at um, watchnrl.com overseas, so I haven't missed a game yet. Ah, good so man. Looking forward to watching Penrith a little bit later today. Yeah. But, yeah, we had some good racing at, at Randwick yesterday in particular. Obviously, Eagle Farm will get to, but and it got to a good four 
um, which is amazing, Ryan. We've not had a good four track in Sydney since mid-January. It's been extraordinary, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's great to see actually Ray the Sun shining in in Sydney and terrific racing. So let's start with Randwick race number seven. We're going to cover firstly was the Furphy handicap over the sixteen hundred metre journey. Cliff's Art was the winner here, the former European, and those who watch Formline would be very happy with Ron Duffersey, who tipped this horse on Thursday evening at thirty four dollars. It was the winner at nine fifty. The favourite was Knight and Power for Bjorn Baker at 4.20. Those bungled radio swings in front from Fender, revved up and giving good chase. Oscar Zulu's running on well. Two after Knight of Power, then Bethancourt for the back to the front man and Cliffsart right to the outside. Oscar Zulu takes the lead now at the 200. Oscar Zulu in front. Cliffsart is winding up together with Bethancourt on the outside. Cliffsart and Bethancourt go to the front. And Cliffsart, the former German mayor, goes on with the job. Cliffsart. Run past Bethancourt to win it. Oscar Zulu third, the Knight of Power fourth. And coming from near last on the turn, Cliff's Art was a very impressive winner. Matthew Smith, the trainer, and Reese Jones, the jockey. She only carried 51 kilos, Ray, and that probably was the difference in the end. She really absolutely flew home. And we need to say what an effort by Reese Jones, who again, four winners for the young man on the program yesterday there at Randwick. A terrific effort. Yeah, second time he's done it in the, in the Sydney area, and he's had a day out, didn't he, yesterday, Reese Cliff's art, uh, as you said, Ryan, a six-year-old mare. She's from Germany, and Matthew Smith has had such success with his imported stayers, um, even these ones from Germany. For example, Sweet Thomas was a close third in the Brisbane Cup yesterday. Cliff's art, I hope they continue racing for the next season because she's just getting the hang of Australian racing now, and her form through the autumn in some strong mares races was very good, dropping back in class yesterday. As you said, Ryan, with the claim, it was made to order for her, and there's more wins in store for Cliff's art. Race number eight there yesterday was the feature at listed level, the Bob Charlie AO Stakes over the 1,100 metres. There was a couple specked in betting here, Prime Candidate was specked, Mamarigan was specked, but the favourite was well supported, and that was Dragonstone for Mark Newnham and Tom Sherry, who was able to take this out. Then Prime Candidate, Mamarigan deeper out. Surreal Step looking for a run back to the inside. Then came the Bopper and Dragonstone's getting right to the outside. Authentic Jewel, just the leader from Prime Candidate. Dragonstone, Mamarigan running on. Surreal Step up on the inside, but Dragonstone lengthening wide out. And the favourite charges away. Breathing fire today. Dragonstone for a much-deserved victory. Beat Prime Candidate and Mamarigan third. Snippy A good effort by Dragonstone. There, there was a lot made of this particular race. Ray during the week that this was what classic legend won on the way to winning an Everest. I would, wouldn't think Dragonstone is in that particular category, but coming through wet tracks and onto a good track there yesterday, he's a very versatile performer. Yeah, and a very consistent one, Ryan. And a lot of horses that have raced through the autumn, um, they're tired horses, they're on tired legs, and um, probably come into their campaign. Dragonstone may very well also be about to go for a spell, but um, full credit to Mark Newnham because he turned that horse out in magnificent order yesterday. He's turned a foot from back of the field. He's been racing well without winning on these very heavy tracks. Yesterday, he struck a good four, wins um, at stakes level for the first time. I don't think he's an Everest horse either, Ryan, but I do think he can win again at stakes. So he's a good group three, potentially group two horse. Very dynamic turn of foot. 
still lightly raced, a lot of upside in Dragonstone. Race number nine at Randwick was the Grain Shaker Vodka Handicap over the 1,300 metres. This was a pretty open betting affair. Much, much better was the favourite at 440, but a little easy. Lakeen was specced in betting, but this was really the win of the day. And what form this is horse is in, Cole Crusher for trainer Joe Pride and hot jockey Glenn Schofield. Crusher turning the screws on Fashionella a long way out. With the blinkers on today, Cole Crusher's pretty keen on the outside of Fashionella. A length and a half to True Detective coming off heels, trying to push much, much better out of the way. Then Lord Ardmore from on the lead and a gap back to Lakeen as Cole Crusher takes the lead now. At the 250 from much, much better, Lord Ardmore running on. True Detective one pace and further back to Lakeen, but it's Cole Crusher going well by three lengths on Lord Ardmore. But Cole Crusher well clear from Lord Ardmore, True Detective. Lakeen running on, but Cole Crusher wins it in a breeze from Lord Ardmore. True Detective third, photo for fourth. Lakeen. Yeah, Ray, I reckon this was the win of the day. Three wide, absolutely <coughs> pulled its head off with the blinkers, Cole Crusher, and went away from them. I just love that Glenn Schofield gets on so well with this horse. He's not riding a lot these days, but what a synergy he has with Cole Crusher. Yeah, he's a master horseman, isn't he? Glenn got lovely soft hands and he needed them yesterday because, as you said, Cole Crusher in the Blinkers was over racing. But this horse is just in a rich vein of form. He's won four out of five this prep before he, he resumed racing. He did win at his final start last prep, so he's now won five of his last six starts. His only defeat came two starts back when he got in that speed battle early in the octagonal handicap. But yesterday, he was dominant, coming back to 1,300 metres as you said, had the blinkers on. Terrific performance. Another horse, there's no ceiling there because he's kept improving each and every run this preparation and very consistent record. There's more wins in store for Cole Crusher and uh, congratulations to Joe Pye. He's had that horse over an extended period now, maintained this rich vein of form. Well, let's turn our attention to Brisbane now and their jewel in the crown, Stradbroke Day. So much black type action there over nine races. We're going to focus on three races from Eagle Farm and start with the Q22 weight for age over the 2,200 metres. And the favourite was Wetor for uh, Peter and Paul Snowden, who's been in a rich vein of form. It was favourite. There was good support for Maxi Mal as well to improve with Nashra Willer on board for John O'Shea. But bear in mind, leading to this race, Race. They weren't making a lot of ground from behind, and it was Annabelle Nisham, Tommy Berry, and Numerian who were able to lead all the way. Holding the outside, chiming in. Cucaracha looking for the way clear. Yonkers down the outside and further back to Coventina Bay. Numerian still the leader, trying hard as Colding. Estefini back nearer the inside, uh, working home as well as Cucaracha. Yonkers the outside and Maxwell's coming home late. It's Numerian still the leader. The outside, Colding. Numerian still in front though, and Numerian's one from second will be Colding. Not sure third. Estefini, Maximal, and Yonkers in the. Another feature for Annabelle. Nisham and Tommy Berry had a nice day in the saddle there yesterday, Ray. Look, I don't think this will necessarily be a great form race. Got a good time up front, did Numerian, was able to just be too strong for them over 2200, the former European. What did you make of its win and what did you make of the performance of Maximal? I thought ran on very well and Huetor, who did fail as favourite. Yeah, look, Maximal just needs a touch of luck and running, doesn't he? Mm. He always seems to strike bad luck and running. Again, yes, they just got held up at a vital stage. But as you said, up to that point of the day, they were virtually winning close to the rail. And Numerian was well rated in front by Tommy Berry. He was 
very good win in the Gosford Cup for his, his previous start, and he's an imported stayer who's just finding his feet in Australian racing. So he could go on with this. Um, he's got ability, he can stay. Annabelle Neesham knows how to get the best out of his imports, and she's certainly found the key now to send to Numerian, the second successive win for her stable in the Q22. Of course, Zaki won it last year. I don't think Numerian's another Zaki, but he can win a good race in time. Wethall was disappointing, probably in the worst part of the track. Maybe he's come to the end of it. Maybe he's one of those horses who has just had enough after racing on those heavy tracks in the early part of autumn. But I wouldn't be sacking him for spring because he's a, a, a real good top line of Wethall. We know that as he showed in the Doombin Cup. But full marks and Emirian, just too good. The first of the two Group 1s at Eagle Farm yesterday was the JJ Atkins for the two-year-olds. The favourite was sharp and smart for Graham and Deborah Rogerson and Hugh Bowman. It wasn't able to feature. It was the second favourite for Peter and Paul Snowden. What a, f- a carnival they've had up there in Brisbane. Absolutely amazing. Willie Pike taking the ride on. She's a belter who was absolutely dominant in the JJ Atkins. Coco Brew Express here with the lead. Second, the outsiders, Twin Stars. Basking up back nearer the inside. Ringmaster running home. She's a belter down the outside. Brereton is further back. And right down the outside is Lethal Thoughts making ground. But She's a belter has stormed the lead here. Trying hard, the insiders, Baskiard. She's a belter's in front from Baskiard. Uh, Later's Brosden down the outside. Sharp and smart coming late as well. But She's a belter's in front from a wall. She's a belter has won from photos. Polit- An amazing performance by Peter and Paul Snowden with this Philly Ray when you consider, yes, admittedly, she probably was in the top two or three over there in Western Australia before coming east. Uh, She had to battle through a few wet tracks back onto a dry deck there yesterday at Eagle Farm. She was at her very, very best. And the Phillies, again, dominant over the Colts and Geldings in this two-year-old season. Yeah, completed the size and JJ Atkins double and uh, she's a little gun, isn't she? She's a to Love the name. She won the Magic Means in Perth and as you said, she's one of the top fillies over there. Uh, just capped a, a tremendous Brisbane Winter Carnival for Peter and Paul Snowden. Their third Group One, they won the Doombin Cup with Wethall and the Doombin Ten Thousand with Marzu. I guess you could say political debate was a touch unlucky. Got a long way back, was flashing home wide out, just missed, but. All credit to She's a Builder. Terrific little filly, and she should be hard to beat in races like the flight stakes come the spring ride. Well, the feature was the Stradbroke Handicap. It is one of the great handicap races in Australia. The favourite was an 11-11 for Greg Hitman. It ran last in this race, but it was the return to the very best form we know capable for Alligator Blood. What a training performance this was by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Tim Clark in the saddle. Apache chases further back and Alligator Blood and right towards the outside is also Buffalo River at the 400 metres marker. Rothfire's the leader. Isotopers out after him. Ayrton's down the outside. Lords of Indices are still there. Alligator Blood is running home as well. And further back in the field too. Socks are gone. Rothfire is still the leader. Here comes the blood though. Alligator Blood on the outside. Stormed up and took over. Alligator Blood's in front. Flashing late Private Eye. But Alligator Blood won the straight break from Private Eye. Third Rothfire photo four. It was, as I mentioned, Ray, an amazing training performance. A lot of people had Mm -hmm. said Alligator Bud would never return to Group 1 level. Of course, we knew under 
the care of David Van Dyke was a terrific three-year-old in particular, but just went, uh, I guess, away from its best form. But in two starts for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott to get this horse to win a Group 1 handicap is an amazing training performance. Yeah, and he, he was terrific, wasn't he? Alligator Blood and a popular win there. And Gay Waterhouse's 150th career Group 1 boys, a tremendous feat by herself. And her 16th since she formed a partnership with Adrian Bott. And this season, they've trained five Group 1 winners together. Their best season ever. Alligator Blood, great ride from Tim Clark, drew barrier 17, one from the outside, was able to find some cover, get the horse out into the clear at the top of the straight and he has got that powerful finishing surge. Um, Gay is in London. I actually spoke to her yesterday after the race and the plans for Alligator Blood, there's not much left in Brisbane for him now, Ryan, but he'll go for a short break. But with that residual fitness um, and the form that he's got now, he's back in top form, as you said, they're going to look at the early part of the spring and target potentially those early Group 1s, maybe the Wink Stakes in Sydney or the Memsey Stakes in Melbourne. So we often see those horses out of Brisbane do very well at the start of spring carnivals. And talented horse, outstanding effort to win. Private Eye, touch unlucky, flew home to run second. But you get that in those big strad breaks, big fields. You need everything to go just right, and it did for Alligator Blood yesterday. Yeah, amazing to think it's Gay Waterhouse's first drag broke handicap considering her dominance in uh, handicap mile races um, and handicap races just in general with races like the Doncaster and also uh, the Epsom uh, race. Stick around, we'll take a quick break and chat more in just a second. Fred Hastings on Childhood Dreams. The races were on in the background off for the Saturday and I'd be listening to Ian Craig and I was about nine and I thought I could do that. I could be a race caller, I reckon. I proudly announced to the family that when I grow up I want to be a race caller. I think they were a little bit horrified at first because I was pretty good at school and they thought I'd probably be a a lawyer or a doctor or something uh, like that. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. With Play Central on the Tab app, you can watch the greatest racing from Australia and around the world wherever you want. Like while working on your tan at the beach. Flicking between Sky Racing 1, 2 and Thoroughbred Central while waiting for your car to be washed. And you can watch and bet while you're getting a short back and sides. Play Central, only on the Tab app. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1800 858 858. G'day, it's Sean Garlick here from Garlow's Pies. People often ask me, how did a footballer go from sticking his head into a scrum to making pies? Well, it goes back to when we were just so sick of getting pies that all it was was pastry and no meat. So I teamed up with my brother Nathan and we created a pie which is deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and filling which is just bursting with flavour. You can find us in Coles and Woolworths but only in the chilled meals section. If you can't see us, grab the manager and say, where are the Garlow's Pies? Because at Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance. Miraculous pass. What a moment this is. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend.
it is the big sports breakfast weekend, but with a difference because Ray Thomas is over in the UK at Royal Ascot. Uh, we would normally be saying good morning this time of the, the day, Ray, but we're probably saying good night to you over there. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn in now. Early start tomorrow morning at track. We're going to duck out to Lambourne where Chris Waller has his two horses and it's a magnificent area to train horses, those beautiful rolling English countryside, those lovely hills and track gallops they've got out there. And uh, let's hope, boys, that all three Australian horses, uh, Nature's Trip, Home Affairs and our tourists, run well at Royal Ascot this week. Hey, Ray, did you have a crack at Booney's record going over? <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. I okay, had a couple of quiet ones. Trying to get me to sleep, but could not sleep. But anyway, it is what it is. Enjoy it, mate. Enjoy every second. He's on. He's on the clock. We'll Stick do. to the the pims and lemonade over there, uh, Ray. Always great to talk to you. Thank you uh, for letting me uh, step into your shoes over the next couple of Saturdays while you're working hard over there in Royal Ascot, and we'll chat to you next week. Yeah, thanks so much, Ryan Dino, and we'll talk next Sunday. Guys. See you, buddy. Ray Thomas still joining us, even though he's over there in the UK for the five-day Royal Ascot Carnival. Now let's get our stretch, uh, scratchings, and it's a good morning to Tanya Thomas. Morning, morning Tanya. How morning, are you? Everyone. Good, good, thank you. A little closer to home now. Yes. We'll look at racing in New South Wales, which is at Hawkesbury in the Sapphire Coast, and a quick look at the sunny coast in Queensland. Starting with Hawkesbury, the weather is fine. The track is soft five. The rail out two metres from the 1,300 to the 1,100. True, the remainder, penetrometer. 4.94 and there are 34 scratchings. From race one, take number three, Dirty Merchant, seven, Sensational Bull, 10, Capital L and 14, 12 hours, three, seven, 10 and 14. Race two, number two, Racimi, six, Flashy Gift, seven, Love to Dream and 10, Rock Chant, two, six, seven and 10. Race three, take out seven, Sakiba, nine, Kamatori, then the emergencies 15 through to 18, 7, 9, 15, 16, 17 and 18. Race four, number one, dash, 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 three, Lone Raider, four, Dar Legend, five, Frumos, seven, Adorable Miss and eight, Dirty Merchant, one, three, four, five, seven and eight. Race five, take out five, Sistrum, 11, Rome and 13, Folk Hero, five, 11 and 13. Race six, number one, Lawyer's Delight, number one. Race seven, number one, Quiet Riot, two, Distillate, four, Wolf Queen and 12 Anchors Point, one, two, four and 12. And out of race eight, number one, Tick Tock Boom, three, Sabino, 10, Baden Road, Emergencies 16 through to 18. One, three, 10, 16, 17 and 18 from race eight at Hawkesbury. The Sapphire Coast, the weather is fine. The track is soft sixth, rail out two and a half metres from the 800 to the 370 and there are 20 scratchings. Race one, take out two, Chameleon Choice, Three, DEFCON 1, 7, Master Joe and 12, Direct Target, 2, 3, 7 and 12. Race 2, number 5, Dance Echo and the Emergency 16, 5 and 16. Race 3, number 12, Halliday Road, take out 12. From the 4th, number 4, Newtown Braveheart, 6, Brave Masso, 11, Little River Rose, 14, Unique Vision and the Emergency 17, 4, 6, 11, 14 and 17. From race 5, number 3, Flickety Flick. Five, Trianon, 13, Sweet Biscuit in the Emergency, 15, 3, 5, 13 and 15. Race 6, the Emergency, 17, number 17. Race 7, number 6, Tradham Pride, number 6. And out of race 8, number 5, Pandering and 8, Harder Than the Rest. 5 and 8, out of race 8 
at the Sapphire Coast. And quickly up to the Sunshine Coast where the weather is fine. The track is soft five, the rail out seven metres the entire course and there are 26 scratchings. From race one, take out numbers two and 12, two and 12. Race two, number 10, take out 10. Race three is clear. From race four, three, seven and 11, take out three, seven and 11. Out of race five, numbers six, seven, nine, 13 and 17. Six, seven, nine, 13 and 17. Race seven, three, five, eight, 10, 11 and 15. Three, five, eight, 10, 11 and 15. And out of race eight, take out two, six, nine, 10, 18, 20, 21, 22, 23 and 24. 2, 6, 9, 10, 18, 21, 22, 23 and 24 boys from race 8 at the Sunshine Coast. Thank you very much, Tanya. We have a big hour still to come here on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Peter Zorba Peters will be joining us to talk rugby league, in particular state of origin. He's going to stir up Bulldog. You're you prepared for him, aren't you? I'm ready you for him. Up. I'm always ready for him. Uh, we've got the league super quiz as well this morning. So... Um, you know? It's 11-7, the yes. score, Ryan. Our regular Wayne has texted him with that score. Okay. So you have the lead via Ray. Jared Daffy will be giving us all of the latest updates from the tab. And Phil Moss will be joining us to talk football as well. The topic this morning, memorable sporting debuts on the back of Billy Slater as Queensland coach this week. And we've got plenty coming in on the text line as well, which incidentally is 0419-767-272. You can join us on that topic and much, much more as well on the open line. 135353. It's the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend with Dean Bulldog, Richie, and Ryan Phelan, Phelan filling in for Ray Thomas this morning. The news is next. Hello, I'm Sarah Wombe. The federal government will pay $830 million to a French submarine builder after the coalition ditched a deal with them for the AUKUS alliance. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is hoping Australia and France will now be able to move forward, but the opposition is criticising the settlement. Shadow Defence Minister Andrew Hastie says there needs to be more transparency. Mr Albanese needs to explain how $830 million is fair and equitable. And he needs to explain to the Australian taxpayers how he got to that figure. The new Defence Minister has suggested an arms race could become reality if Pacific nations see China's military build-up as a threat, Sean Bindley reports. In a speech to his counterparts in Singapore, Richard Miles has criticised Beijing's militarisation in the South China Sea, saying such actions need to be transparent. But he says it's critical Beijing's neighbours don't see its military build-ups as a risk. It's reasonable to expect a more powerful China will have a bigger say in regional and international affairs. But what's important is that the exercise of Chinese power exhibits the characteristics necessary for our shared prosperity and security. Sean Bindley, Air News. Groups aimed at improving housing and health care for Indigenous people in New South Wales will get a boost in the next state budget. $400 million will be rolled out over four years, led by the Coalition of Aboriginal Peak Organisations. Premier Dominic Perrottet has told The Herald it'll focus on improving care pathways and investment in housing and infrastructure.
The Western Australian Premier is again urging St John Ambulance to hire more staff and improve its services. The ambulance service says it is now coping with demand after having to activate its emergency activation plan. Premier Mark McGowan concedes the health system is going through a difficult period but says improvements are needed. Obviously we want to see St John's continue to improve. We've put additional staff in there. Uh, I want to see additional improvements in St John. And they can, uh, based upon activity levels, of course, receive additional funding. Melbourne police are searching for a missing 12-year-old girl. Madison was last seen in Werribee last night. She has long, dark hair and was last seen wearing black track pants, a grey Everlast hoodie and black sneakers with white soles. And the search will resume today for a missing hang glider who disappeared into waters off the New South Wales Illawarra. One of the biggest races of its kind is underway west of Brisbane. The Winter Nationals is the largest champion championship drag racing event outside of North America. Willowbank Raceway Chief Executive Peter Beaumont says almost 400 racing teams are competing. Part of the 400 Thunder Drag Racing Championship, uh, the Winter Nationals, it's the biggest drag racing event outside of the United States. So for just about every Australian and New Zealand drag racer, it's on the, uh, on the bucket list. And the Australian TV soap Neighbours has wrapped up filming after 37 years on television. Friday was the last day of filming in Ramsey Street. The final episode of Neighbours will air on August 1st. This is Air News. The Brisbane Broncos have held on to beat Canberra 24-18 for their seventh straight NRL victory. Broncos coach Kevin Walters says despite injuries, the team fought hard for the win. It was a great effort by, by everyone, particularly those guys backing up from Origin too. We just ran out of troops in the end. and Yeah, so it was a great, it was really, really good. The Storm too good for the Roosters, winning 26-18. The Rabbitohs beat the Titans 30-16. Fremantle has posted a 95-82 point AFL victory over Hawthorne. Brisbane beat St Kilda 10-18-78 to 8-9-57. The Brumbies super rugby season is over after going down to the Blues by just one point. The Blues take on the Crusaders in the grand final. The Aussies haven't been able to make it a third straight T20 win over Sri Lanka. A wide ball at the end of the final over sealed the deal for the home side. Sri Lanka taking the victory by four wickets. Nick Kyrgios has lost to Andy Murray in the semi-finals of the Stuttgart Open in straight sets. Kyrgios had a meltdown after going down in the first set, smashing a racket and having words with part of the crowd. Murray will take on Matteo Berrettini in the final. And Charles Leclerc has secured his fourth consecutive pole position, qualifying fastest in the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Aussie Daniel Ricciardo came in 12th. Australian Independent Radio News. On Balranald, 97.1 FM. Ralston, 88 FM. Orange, 106.7 FM. And Condobolin, 92.1 FM. This is Sky Sports Radio, your racing and sports leader. Here's some news about the Bingley End of Financial Year sale. Nothing's changing. There'll still be huge deals store-wide. So if you need a new heater for winter... A new big-screen TV for the footy... A new oven or cooktop... Or a new computer for your home office, you'll never see prices like these again. Because something's always stayed the same. And, Mum, I'll be there every day, bright and early. Well, some things will be different. The End of Financial Year sale at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. 
Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Dude, let me in the car. Get in! <laughs> While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win, or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers at 1-800-858-858. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Enjoy 25% off almost everything at Oz Design Furniture. Save on their huge range of sofas, dining, living, homewares and more. Ends tomorrow at Oz Design Furniture. T's and C's apply. In Granville, Parramatta Light Rail works on Woodville Road northbound between Welver Street and Parramatta Road. One lane closed there. Marrickville, look out for road resurfacing, works on Sydenham Road both ways at Park Road. Stop and slow traffic conditions in place. Haymarket Road works on George Street northbound between Key Street and Ultimo Road. That's got two of three lanes closed. Telstra's end of financial year sale is now on. Get $15 a month credit for six months on selected home internet plans. Visit Telstra in-store or online to find out more. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. And it is a beautiful sunny day in Sydney today, 17 degrees the top. A chilly one in Sydney, 13 degrees and some showers about in Brisbane. A mostly sunny day, tops of 19 degrees. Showers about in Perth and 20 degrees there, becoming windy throughout the afternoon. In Canberra, partly cloudy and 12 degrees. It is tit for tats. You score, we score, and the Broncos are back in front. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. We are going to be talking plenty of rugby league this half hour with uh, Peter. Peter's joining us shortly. Zorba will be uh, talking about State of Origin. We'll talk about the games from overnight in the NRL as well. Um, We were talking, Bulldog, about the great debut of Billy Slater and it prompted us to think, well, that's a good talk topic this morning. Uh, Great debuts in Australian sport. Yes, certainly got a lot of text rolling in, Ryan. Daryl Swan up there at Kingaroy says, what about Bob Massey on debut? Second test, Ashes, Lords 72. 16 for 137 across both innings. Extraordinary debut there from Massey. Uh, Gold Coast, Matt texts in, Ryan, great debuts. David Warner belting South Africa at the MCG in his 2020 debut. I remember that clearly. Here's a great one from Ray. He says, hi, Ryan and Bulldog, best debut. John Reinberger Mm. for the Roosters in the 1975 grand final. Came in as a late replacement. His first and only game. Milkman Yass chips in with Peter Taylor, taking six wickets on debut to defeat the Poms. Uh, And another great one here about the legend himself, Clubber from Port Macquarie says, Dougie Walters, 100 on debut, obviously in his first test match. So some terrific debuts there, guys. Keep the SMS rolling in. But do you remember that John Reinberger? I was only a toddler, but he came in late for an injury. It might have been Mark Harris missed out. And Reinberger came in, literally played one game, and that was it. Was never spotted again, but played in that famous 38-0 
win over the Dragons yeah. in 75. 75. Uh, a lot of cricket um, nominations there. This one here uh, from Rob. Uh, my favourite sporting debut was Kosuzu versus Daryl Hiles in 1992 on the Jeff Fennick Azuma Nelson undercard. First round knockout. I was at a packed Rose Hill race course watching the fights and the whole crowd went, wow, what did we just watch here? That's a great one, Rob, when you think about Koshizu fighting on an undercard, you know. Obviously, he went on to become one of the greats of, of Australian sport in, in the in the boxing world. So some great ones coming through. Keep them coming through. 0419767272 is the SMS Line and you can get us on the open line number as well. One three, uh, sorry, thirteen fifty three fifty three. Plenty more still to come this half hour. In the back half of this hour, Jared Daffy from the Tab will join us. Phil Moss will talk football, and we'll also have the league super quiz. Um, so I'm stepping in for Ray this morning, and a lot of people are already suggesting on the text line, Bulldog, that uh, you're going to cheat. Well, this is an ongoing issue we have on this show, Ryan, that people out there, for whatever reason, seem to think that I go into dodgy mode. So you're going to take advantage of me? Absolutely. Okay, okay right. A win's a win. Well, I have Steve to be on point. In. Ray's not there. We all know the quiz will be rigged. Bulldog will win for sure. See, there's very unkind people out there questioning my credibility. Yeah. Well, of course... I we, don't appreciate it. Well, well, we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll try to keep things fair and equitable. We'll, we'll see how we go. So that is coming up um, a little bit later. But so much to talk about in a big week of rugby league where we've had the highlight of what was an amazing state of origin. The week started with coaches being sacked. And here we are this weekend and uh, players backing up from origin, delivering in spades and what has been um, some terrific, game, uh, terrific games in the NRL. But... I'm a little bit worried as I welcome in our next guest because you two had a little bit of a set two last week about origin selections and Freddie Fittler. Well, come on, Zorba. Let rip. Go on. You've been busting all week for this moment. Well, not really. No, you have. You've rung me three times about it. (laughs) Well, it's hard to be humble when it comes to you. That's not one of your traits, okay? Being humble. You've been been a load to carry since you first came to me for work experience a long time ago. <laughs> You've been 1984. cocky of late. Uh, but last week's head-to-head duel over uh, Brad Fittler and Origin, just, I, I just think it will remind you that you can't beat experience and the wisdom it brings. And so you should be back in your kennel, but I know you won't be. You're always very humble when you have a win, aren't you, Zorb? Well, can we, can we just go back to last week? Okay, I think we've got the clip right here, I believe. That's a big question hovering over Fittler going into Wednesday's 2022 Origin opener against Queensland. Now, Fittler's disastrous three-year NRL coaching stint with the Roosters sits shakily on his shoulders in 58 games. He returned 25 wins and 32 losses for a 43% record and had to be sacked. His stunning non-selection of trusted and loyal origin performers for the Blues in Jake Trebojevic and Josh Adokar has seen Fittler's judgment rightly questioned this week. Queensland are raising the loyalty issue and or lack thereof by the New South Wales Blues boss Fittler is up against a cool, calculated... There you go. Well, come on, back it up. Back it up? Well, Brad Fittler's happy-go-lucky coaching methods. They imploded on Wednesday. Queensland rocked into Sydney, 
and reminded everybody again what State of Origin is all about. It's about passion. The Maroons were brilliantly prepared by a rookie coach in Billy Slater, surprising no one except the Blues and you. The Maroons had a simple plan and executed it to perfection. They hustled and bustled Nathan Cleary, took away his time in attack. The Blues had no plan B, and that's my problem with Fittler, and it should be everybody's problem now. be interesting to see how he brings what looked like a disorganised side back to the table. Queensland won the all-important spine battle, hands down. Cam Munster, just superb, along with DCE, Caelan Ponga, and the two-pronged number nine duo of Ben Hunt and Harry Grant. Well, how did the Blues come back, Zorb? was the coach. How do we come back, and can the Blues come back? Can New South Wales still win this series? They can, but I, I, it's going to be hard. Um, beating Queensland in Queensland is a tough job. We've done it before, but the game in Perth, everything's going to be riding on that. Uh, but I, something about Billy Slater, every time you see him, you feel comfortable. Uh, he just didn't make any mistakes. It got around his side after the game. There was no. There's just nothing about him that you can't like, and and I think he like when you look at both their careers, they're amongst the all-time greats of the modern era in their positions. Fittler at five eight, and Slater at the very difficult spot of fullback. But when it comes to coaching, I feel calm with Billy. I don't with Freddie. Mm. And, and, and Zorba, Ryan Phelan here, and, and let me first uh, officially say good morning to you. Um, what's also amazing to see Billy Slayer in action is him teaming up with Jonathan Thurston and Cameron Smith. And when you see the energy that they seem to draw out of a player like Cameron Munster, it almost feels like they're on the field with him. They just get it right, Queensland, when it comes to culture around State of Origin, don't they? Yeah, they do. But, but what you just said is interesting too, because Thurston... And, and, of course, Cameron Smith on the field, they were the boss in their respective positions, and Billy accepted that. But I reckon we, sh- we, sh- we were shown last week that in his own calm manner, Billy's the boss. He's the boss now. He's taken over from the other two who he played a long time with, didn't take a second fiddle to them, but was always there for them. But he's just got so much about him. I agree. Matty Johns this week floated the idea that Slater will take over from Craig Bellamy as coach of the Storm. I think it makes sense. I think it'll happen. Billy will be able to put a few more paddocks on his thoroughbred stud farm in uh, in Melbourne, and uh, it, it's just a it's just a perfect mix. What else could you do but have Bellamy looking at Billy Slater? perform his duties and coaching him into being a great head coach and a great head player. Now, not all great, great players, and, and, and I think really there's there's only a few. Bob Fulton was one uh, that was an immortal player and a great, great coach. I think Billy Slater can walk that path. Zorba, Cameron Serraldo linked to numerous jobs. Where do you think he will end up? I think he'll end up going to the Tigers. And I think he'll throw a lifeline to his great mate, Trent Barrett, as an assistant coach. And some coaches aren't meant to be head coaches. I think Trent realises now that he's probably not. I don't think another head coach job will come his way. 
but West Tigers and Seraldo, I reckon he'd jump at it if given the chance. And I'm hearing from the right people that uh, the most sought-after young coach in, in rugby league, Seraldo, um, he's meticulous in his planning and the Tigers will have to clear the decks for him if he does come in. And I think one of the people he'll take with him is Trent Barrett. So, but let's focus on the weekend's action. It's been quite extraordinary to see some of these players back up from what was a fast and brutal state of origin. Last night, the Brisbane Broncos, how courageous were they with really no bench in the second half to hold off the Canberra Raiders? One of the greatest victories in the Broncos' history. I mean, they're known for their brilliance um, and they were known for a long, long time under Wayne Bennett. Uh, for their culture, and I think their culture under Kevin Walters, and I doubted Walters early on in his career, but I I don't now. I think what he's done with this side seven in a row, and last night, I um, I just I just marvelled at their courage. I mean, they pulled off one of the most courageous victories in the club's history in beating a really tough Canberra side. Ricky Stewart had them primed to go. They set the, set their targets in defence. They hit hard. Um, 24-18 win last night by the Broncos was unbelievable. Three origin players, Cobbo, Staggs and Kurt Capewell out before the start of the game. They lost their stars. Payne Hass to the shoulder, Adam Reynolds with ribs and Herbie Farnworth with a bicep injury. But somehow they managed to um, bring off the club's seventh successive win. It was a remarkable win for Kevin Walters' side. No wonder he was smiling on all fronts at the end of the game. Um, who would believe they would sit in fourth spot after 14 rounds? He would have slept well last night after he went to bed, a proud man last night. And really, the form of his son, Billy, would have played a big part in that. His leadership and direction, once Reynolds left the field, was just stunning. Um, he can play anywhere, this kid. Mm. Halfback, 5'8", number 9, number 13. And he's a terrific competitor. A lot better footballer than a lot of people gave him... Uh, Courage for um, gave him credit for. He he served a long apprenticeship down in Melbourne and with the West Tigers, uh, but he's he's a real NRL player now. Um, was interesting. Praise to Kevin Walters and his side uh, from Ricky Stewart uh, after the game, building the culture. He said, and um, and doing it well. So there was a lot to like about what the Broncos did last night, but. They're going to be in trouble next week when they play the Storm with those injuries. Do the Broncos believe Zorba internally, and I'll ask you externally, can they win this premiership? Do we start now to say that they are in a category that can push for a title? I mean, six weeks ago, you would have been laughed at for suggesting that. But after seven in a row, are they now entitled to be in the discussion about who will be the 2020 Premiers? Any side that can win seven in a row in this comp is is a good side, better than a good side. But they won't beat the Penrith Panthers and and they won't beat Melbourne Storm when push comes to shove. They're not they're not at that stage yet. But from where they're coming from, they've done really well. And if they can stay in the top four, that'll be a job well done for Kevin Walters and a uh, a lofty standard that that they wouldn't have really believed in at the start of this season. But, you know, they're young forwards. I thought Carrigan backed up beautifully mm. from origin. Tough competitor. They've got some great forwards there. Um, and that injury to Farnworth, I'll be interested to see how that 
that comes through after scans today. And also Adam Reynolds looked tired and broken in that game last night. He's hoping to play next week, but rib injuries can hang around for a while. They may just have a little bit of a dipsy-doozy now. Now, Zorba, you always tend to either irritate or annoy people. Stu texts in. Zorba ripped Kevin Walters apart last year, yeah, said he should never coach first grade again and was an old boy's appointment. <laughs> Listen to him now. What a turncoat. Stu, spot on. Well, Stu's a name that really should be, you know, associated with food, particularly in winter. And I suggest he hops into a hot pot, mate. You've got to admit, when you say something and you're wrong, Unlike you, Bulldog, I'm happy. When do you concede you're wrong? You've done that for 50 years. Kevin Waters. (laughs) Only because someone pointed it out. No, I already have done that. Uh, Hey, Zorba, I'll give you... did that before Stu wasted his time calling in. Good on you, Stu. You've nailed it. Zorba, I'll save you and give you something good to talk about. With the the Rabbitohs beating the Titans, um, Alex Johnson, another hat-trick for him, 150 tries in the NRL. That means he overtakes Greg Inglis as just the 15th player in the competition's history to reach that milestone. Uh, Quite an achievement. Unbelievable achievement, particularly for a player that only the fans saved a couple of seasons ago. They were going to get rid of him. And there were clubs lining up the joint to grab Alex Johnson. He didn't want to go anywhere. He's a rabbit for life. And what a player he is. And just a, um, a, a very humble, exciting player on um, on the left wing for uh, uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They had some great wingers over the years. And, um, and, and he's right up there with them. And 150 tries, that's a testament to his ability and his speed. And also the work done inside... Uh, for many years by Adam Reynolds and and, and others uh, to get the ball out to him in try-scoring positions and um, Cody Walker simply playing a part in that as well now. As much as you get it wrong so often (laughs) in general conversation, you do nail it sometimes, King, when it comes to your zappers. What have you got for us? Well, I've got four and they'll all win. (laughs) Um, Although the first game, West Tigers and Manly um, out at Campbelltown today, it's a danger game. Uh, for uh, uh, for Des Hasler's side. No DCE. Uh, no DCE, but I think we saw enough of Josh Huster at 5-8 in the last game they played when they beat, albeit only the New Zealand Warriors. But Huster's a star. Um, I think he should be playing 5-8 anyway. I can't understand why Des Hasler continues to pick players that are leaving the club next year. Marty Tapao, Dylan Walker... Kieran Foran, Andrew Davey. Yep, it's important to get good wins now, but he's got to look to the future. And and I think this kid's the future. Um, everybody agrees with that at Manly. Des uh, reluctant to uh, uh, to move Foran out of that 5-8 spot and give the kid a go. But um, he's going to get a chance today. And, um, and Foran will be playing inside him. And they did well um, in the last, time, the last game they played there. Can't understand why Taniel Paseca is not in the um, is not in the side today. I thought he came back well from injury. He's another that's the, the future for Manly, and I I would think that Marty Tapao or Andrew Davey would have been um, would have been uh, out of the side and Paseca in, but not the case. I think that um, that's a worry for Manly going forward. But I think Manly will win that game today. I think the Panthers will beat the Knights. The Sharks will beat the Warriors and Parramatta welcoming back 
Mako Siva hasn't played since um, late last year or middle of last year. He's back on the wing, cult hero. He'll just add some power to the side and more headaches for uh, for the Bulldogs. Zaya um, rested from the Knights game um, by the Panthers. And we'll see Brett Kamali and Stacey Jones making their um, coaching debuts in the NRL today. Good stuff. Zorba, always great to chat on the Big Sports Breakfast weekend. Enjoy the uh, weekend of rugby league still to come. Good to talk to you again, Ryan. Peter Peters. Ghost you. Peter Peters joining us this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast weekend. We're going to be taking your calls next on the open line number 135353 and reading out some of your texts as well. 0419767272. The topic this morning, great sporting debuts. Punters post-mortem with Dave Stanley. Was he surprised that Ayrton is favourite for the strap race? Ron Duffersey. No, because there's no other go-to horse. Glenn Munsey. Fresh you blood, know. Dave. The 10,000, there wasn't a great deal between them and Marzu's not there. Chris Roots. I can't see them giving Apache Chase an easy lead again. Punters post-mortem. Tuesday morning from 9, Racing HQ. Now this is value. Keen racing fans, you can now purchase a general admission winter season pass for all race days held at Royal Ramwick and Rosehill Gardens from Saturday 28th of May until Saturday 10th of September. The best part, it's only $79. This includes entry to key group race day, such as Wink Stakes Day, Chelmsford Stakes Day and Run to the Rose Day. Race away those winter blues and book your winter season pass now at theracers.com.au. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Here's some news about the Bingley End of Financial Year sale. Nothing's changing. There'll still be huge deals store-wide. So if you need a new heater for winter... A new big screen TV for the footy... A new oven or cooktop... Or a new computer for your home office, you'll never see prices like these again. Because something's always stayed the same. And Mum, I'll be there every day bright and early. Well, some things will be different. The End of Financial Year sale at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. A wide will do it. A wide will do it. And Sri Lanka will win the third T20 International, courtesy of their captain, Dustin Sharnika. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And it's great to be in for Ray Thomas this morning. Ryan Phelan with you and Bulldog Richie with me. We're getting through your SMSs here, 0419767272. And we'll go to the open line number very shortly, 135353. Uh, we were talking off the top of the show, Bulldog, weren't we, about um, Michael Maguire being sacked. This one here um, from Rabbit. Uh, we're all getting excited about Cameron Seraldo. Um who's never coached in first grade um, and, and getting some big raps on him to be the top-line coach. He always gets thrown out there as, you know, the next big thing in coaching. I mean, it is often a big leap, isn't it? You can be a in a successful sis- system as an assistant coach. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a successful head coach when you take things on yourself. Uh, absolutely. 
I think even Cam is a bit surprised at times as to the amount of publicity he gets for an assistant. Let's not forget Trent Barrett was mm. an assistant at Penrith. Yep. Had all the credentials and all the hype and publicity, which Cameron's got as well. Trent took the full-time job at the Bulldogs and it didn't work out. Mm. So there's no suggestion that the success would follow Cam. However, you speak to the right players out there and he's amazingly thorough and meticulous. Great relationship. He's a development coach. So I think he will succeed. But I can see the point of view from a lot of people that he is being discussed immensely, but we haven't actually seen what he can do yet as a head coach. And as you say, Ryan, it's an incredibly different beast Well, it, looks like, it looks like Craig Fitzgibbon maybe has got it right. And he had a number of opportunities, he but waited. He, he waited. And I think he waited for the right team, the right system, and he's walked into a Cronulla Sharks unit that looks galvanised and, and united. Do you want to be taking over a team that probably on paper, the Tigers looks, let's be fair, you know, a bit of a rabble at, at the moment. Um, it, is it a poison challenge? So, you, know, you look at the Warriors, you know, they've obviously had problems with COVID, which they've got excuses for. You know, a lot of these teams, you wonder how desirable they are as, as a unit to walk into. And the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. I'm not sure I'd want to coach the Bulldogs just yet, given the failures that they're experiencing. It's a difficult decision, Ryan, because you know what? You can go in there with the, I've got nothing to lose. If I succeed, I'll become a legend. But if I don't succeed, a young bloke's career could be very, very short if after two or three years, he's out the door at a club which has been struggling. Mm, mm. So you've really got to wait and pick the team that you want with the roster that you've got. And that's what Craig Fitzgibbon did so beautifully. Yeah. So taking your text this morning, 0419767272, the open line number 135353. We've got the topic of great sporting debuts in Australia after Billy Slater leading the Maroons to victory as coach on Wednesday night. But we're taking your calls on all topics this morning. So, Rod, your first cab off the rank. Good morning. How are you, boys? Very Rod. well. Bulldog. Questions for you, mate. Go for it. Um, what wings big games? Forwards or backs? Forwards. Okay, well, the other night in the state of origin, Queensland ran for about 300 metres in the forwards. We ran for 770. Yeah. Now, this is Brad Fittler's problem. He went into the game plan, obviously like last year's, where he had Turbo and Mitchell, where every hit up they made 20 metres, say 40 and 2. He got 40 and 4 last, last week. Now, I'm sick and tired of seeing this on, on the other night. It went from... Um, the White and yeah, hit ups, Toho, White and Tupu, Tesco. No forwards. I know our kicking game wasn't great, so we couldn't get in the position. But, Freddie, you have to use your forwards. Forwards win big games. Who would you bring in, Rod? Who would I bring in? I've got to bring Jake in there. Yeah. You know why? He's the Hoover. He will clean yep. that ruck up. He won't miss tackles like we did the other night. He won't fall off. He will clean that up easily. Mm. And, Rod, he- further, further to your point, you do make a good point. Most of those metres were for Queensland were off the bench. I think Queensland got their bench right, whereas I don't know whether necessarily New South Wales got their forward rotation right off the bench. Rod's gone. Yeah, Rod's gone. But um, no, but I, I yeah, thought that spot was on, right? you know spot on. A, a lot of those those Queensland forwards Ruben off the bench, Potter, Carrigan, Carrigan, they were brilliant. Yeah, these are young kids coming through. I said to you before the show. We thought when that golden era was gone, when Inglis left and Slater and Smith, that the freeway for New South Wales mm. would be long and smooth. But didn't take long for the buggers up north to come back again. They <laughs> never, ever go away, Queensland, do oh, they? Oh, they love State of Origin. Uh, let's go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. Uh, just quickly, two debuts. Michael Clark, your com- 
Oh, yes. Yeah, there's one on the uh, the text message. I think Clarkie got 151. Does that sound right, Chris? That's right. Against uh, Habajan Singh, uh, Kumble Zahikhan in India, which was a great debut. And in the first ever test match in 1877, Charles Bannerman scored 165 not out for Australia. We scored 240 runs. And to this day, he faced the first ever ball in test cricket to this day, he has still scored the highest amount of runs as a percentage in an innings ever in Test cricket. He scored 68% of the runs that Australia accumulated in that te- that innings, and it's still the record today. Chris, and lastly, Chris, before you oh, uh, keep going, Paula from Bowgal has just chipped in too, very similar to your call with Michael Clark. Uh, not only did he score 151 on debut in India, but he scored 100 and 41 against the Kiwis at the Gabba on his Australian debut. So Clarkie really did set the pace back then when he was a young pup, so to speak, coming through the cricket ranks. Hold on. Yo. One last question. You tipped the Roosters to win the contest. I did. And you said a few years ago, even after they got squashed by South and they lost the first semi to uh, uh, Penrith, Penrith, that you were still confident they'd win the course. Yep. Have you actually overestimated them? Uh, I don't think so, given their record, given their roster, given their powerful board, given their coach. I mean, we all have stabs at these things, Chris. I mean, I could ask you right now, who do you think will win the comp? And you will give me a club and I could question you later in the year. And I'm not having a dig at you. I'm just saying we are asked to make these predictions and you do that. And I still think the Roosters, if they can get their full side on the field, can probably well, give it a Well, crack. they probably won't. Okay, let me let me ask you this. If Luke Keary is maybe forced into early retirement, can they win the comp this year? I don't think they can without Luke Keary, but look, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves in terms of Keary, but look, you're right, Ryan. If Keary's gone, I don't think they can win it. So, yeah, look, certainly the confidence I had pre-season is waning. That happens over a year. But I think the Roosters, if they can get fit, get on a roll, can still give this comp a rattle. Any side with James Tedesco, you've always got to be very nervous, don't you? He's, he's such an inspirational person on the field. Um, okay, thanks very much for that. Um, zero, uh, one th- 13 53 53, taking your calls. Uh, let's go to uh, Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Uh, no, we're with Adrian. Good morning, Adrian. Yeah, g'day, guys. How are you going? Adrian? Very well. Just two things before I uh, give a, my opinion what happened with, with uh, Origin. Just one, uh, a couple of things. First of all, Ryan, just with the uh, the um, Brumbies, the, the drop kick didn't fall short. It was charged down. That's right. Yes, sorry. <laughs> didn't put them in jeopardy. <laughs> They're out of it. It's um, it's the Auckland Blues versus the, the Crusaders yeah. next week's uh, final, grand final, whatever I want to call it. And just on that, I mean, the, the Crusaders, are they the greatest provincial Sporting team of all time, unbelievable. Have you ever been to Christchurch uh, or, or the Canterbury region? No, no. Not well, I can tell you, I have, and it is an absolute religion. So, to answer that question, it's because that is the only thing they think about, talk about. It's for the Cantabs. It's it's rugby, rugby, and and you know that's it. They absolutely yeah, love it. Yeah. But that's also the case in Auckland and, you know, and the Chiefs and, all, and the Hurricanes. But it's just a phenomenal – the Crusaders' record is just freakish. Mm. Um, just on origin, mate, Billy Slater coached Fittler's ears off. It was ridiculous. Yeah, sure, Whiten played terrific, and he did. But he wrecked his, um, his bench by doing that. I mean, Stephen Crichton could have possibly done stuff that Whiten did. 
Then you would have Whiten on the bench who could play dummy half, could play lock, he could play 5'8". Nathan Cleary and, and, and uh, Zorba hit it on the head. They had no uh, plan B. Why didn't someone, either fit or, or on the run, Cleary and that themselves, he could have stood, stood one or two metres back and had more time, or they could have just used him as a decoy and got Whiten in there to do kicks or, or Luai. I mean, they just the coaching was terrible. I think the problem was, Adrian, we, we didn't adapt on the run, and that's what disappointed Freddie the most, that he could see what was unfolding, he could see what Queensland was doing in the ruck, but we didn't adapt and do the same thing. And you know, there's only so much a coach can do. No doubt the messages went out there, but we just didn't think on our feet, and that punished us in the end. Mm. Taking your calls, 13.53.53. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, boys. Dean, just quickly on the Roosters. At the beginning of the year, they were up by tipping the Roosters to win the comp and, and, and favourite. But I looked at the Roosters, and I don't see their forwards being that physical come September to go back-to-back win. That's my read on the Roosters. But I want to speak about the state game. It's very important. It's very hard to score points. That's how I see the game. And the kicking game will win, will win the battle at the end of the day. But what, what we need to do to get our captain into the game is half-way. And to get half breaks, we need players who are awkward to tackle. Where Appy comes into his own, he ducks, weaves. Well, that's what we need there. And the other thing, see, when Cook runs from dummy half, because he dots his eyes and crosses his T-slater, the Queensland uh, coach, Slater, what happens there, when Cook darts from dummy half and runs across field, they just stand there, Queensland. Stand there, wait till Cook comes to them, and it's a slow play to ball. We do the same with Munster. I know Munster's got a beautiful fence, and when he's set, he accelerates. He goes that quick off his feet, it's unbelievable. So what we do, we hold our own, let him run to a defender, and either side of that defender anticipate the pass. And the defender just tackles him around the waist. Let him come to us. We never go to him. That means he'll play the ball or pass the ball, and we stop We stop the danger. Yeah, Gary, I tend to agree. I, I would have... Appy Coruscant is my 14. I'd certainly give it strong consideration. Uh, whether they retain Crichton in that role, I don't think they will, Ryan. I think they'll move away from that. But I just think Cook needed a break potentially and just a different point of view out in the field. And what I about a Nico Hines? That. 18th man, mm. very close. Could play multiple positions. Uh, I just think dummy half so important though and I'm a bit of a fan of having two dummy halves in the squad. Others don't. That's fine. But I would, I'd push Coruscant ahead of Nico Hines marginally just to give Cook a rest and to give us, as I said, just that point of difference on the field, sort of toward the back end of both halves. Some great calls there. Keep them coming in. We've got some great text messages, messages as well. Uh, 0419767272 uh, talking about great debuts this morning. This one, John from Enmore. In April 2014, a previously unraced greyhound called Shaky Jakey won a maiden by 20 lengths in track record time at Wentworth Park and was immediately retired to start. Ah, wouldn't that be a good life, eh? One day at work and then you're off to be a Casanova for the rest of your life. Well... It's hard to beat, isn't it? Maybe that could be me, Ryan, you know. <laughs> I'm not a bad-looking bloke. Mm. Oh, give us a spell, Bulldog. Um, we're taking your calls this morning, 13.53. But next, it is time for the quiz. 13.53. Bring it 53. on. The quiz is next.
Bernie Cooper on Black Caviar. The BTC Cup, the Black Caviar, won here. I've never seen that in 30 years of racing here in Queensland where we had 20 or 22,000 people packed into Doomben. All these people there just cheering for one mayor. It does send shivers down your spine for sure. It's really, really moving actually. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. G'day, Blocker here. Join me and Ciro on the trip of a lifetime of the Rugby League World Cup in the UK and France this November. Catch all the World Cup action, plus enjoy a World War Battlefields tour. That'll be sensational. Stay in Paris, the Champagne District and London. Be there for both semi-finals plus the men's and women's final. Go to gullivers.com.au and secure your place today. Gullivers, the official travel agent for the Rugby League World Cup. Come on, join us. Finance your new Navara with Nissan Future Value. Low monthly repayments available and a guaranteed future value so you can upgrade more often. Visit your Nissan dealer today. Approved private Nabian applicants only. T's and C's apply. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for fair play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. With Play Central on the Tab app, you can watch the greatest racing from Australia and around the world wherever you want. Like while working on your tan at the beach. Flicking between Sky Racing 1, 2 and Thoroughbred Central while waiting for your car to be washed. And you can watch and bet while you're getting a short back and sides. Play Central, only on the Tab app. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1800 858 858. Whistle in the mouth, full-time whistle blows. And the Socceroos have done half the job they came to Qatar to complete. They have seen off the United Arab Emirates. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yet Ryan Phelan stepping in for Ray Thomas this morning. It's important I say that because with the quiz, which is obviously uh, a very important part of this program, people have been texting in this morning saying, Bulldog, that you're going to cheat mm. now that I'm in for Ray. W- w- what's the, f- the form here that you've been displaying? Well, you'll know in about five minutes when you get beaten how I've manipulated <laughs> this because I'm an old hand at dudding people who sit next to me. Ray cops it every week. Well, look, I'm a fair and equitable person. Okay. So I've let's got Stephen co- here, our, our producer, who's going to flip the coin. Oh, so this is co- at least fair. You call, Ryan. Okay, I'll go heads. Heads it is. And so you win. No, you win. You no, so, I, so I win, do I? Okay. You go first or second? Now, it's it's a $100 tab gift voucher Great that, price. that's... Um, that's on offer. So, you know, because this is your show and I'm essentially riding shotgun for you, I'll let you go first. Right. How I'll about open that? the batting. That would mean you, Andrew. Are you there? I'm here, Bulldog. How are you, pal? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, mate. Let's rip in here. Question number one, Andrew. Who made the most tackles in State of Origin 1 on Wednesday night? Most tackles. Uh... Uh, Have a crack. Damien Cook. Oh, jeez. That was a great crack right toward the end. Well, it is normally a hooker, isn't it? Yeah, true. (laughs) No, well done, Andrew. One from one. Question number two. Which of the 17 Queensland squad members played the least minutes in game number one? And this is multiple choice. A, Xavier Coates. 
B, Jeremiah Nanai, or C, Josh Papali? Uh, I'll say Coates. No, incorrect. It was actually Big really? Papa. He yeah. went off early, though, Coates. Yeah, I think yeah, he played about 23, 24 minutes, Papa, which was a bit of a surprise, but he still played well when he was there. Question number three, Andrew. Queensland have beaten New South Wales 16-10 at Stadium Australia once before last Wednesday. When was it? A, Game 3, 2008. B, Game 2, 2011. Or Game C, Game 1, 2015. Uh, I'll go the first one, A. Well done. That is correct. Game 3, 2008. Andrew, you've posted two out of three. It's a strong score. So, Ryan and Kevin, you'll have to be on your game to snatch this one. Yes, so my player is Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? So, we've got to get a perfect score here to beat uh, to beat Bulldog and Andrew this morning. So, they've started off pretty well. So, let's go. Uh, question one, which team had the most possession in State of Origin Game 1? Who had the most possession? Was it the Blues or was it the Maroons? The Maroons. No, oh, it was the Blues. All right. I love it, Steve. We can still we can still draw. What happens if we draw, Bulldog? There's a tiebreaker. Is it? Tiebreaker question. Okay. Well, we're still in, in the running for a draw here, Kevin. Um, question two. Which of the 17 New South Wales squad members played the least minutes in game one? Was it A, Ryan Madison, B, Stephen Crichton, or C, Junior Paulo? I'd say Croydon. Correct. We're on the board. All right. Question three. This is to level it up and to go to a tiebreaker, Kevin. Who has scored the most state of origin tries in Perth? Is it A, Tom Travojevic, B, Josh Adokar, or C, Dane Gagai? Tom oh, oh, correct. We're going to a tiebreaker. Well done, Kevin, my man. So there's no cheating at the moment. There's nothing going so on that's dubious. So we're into a tiebreaker. Are we going to stay with Kevin, actually, Ryan? Down the bottom there, you'll see the tiebreaker, and away we go. All right, Kevin. The tiebreaker question is, how many tries have New South Wales scored in state of origin history, it is between 300 and 400. So how many tries have New South Wales scored in state of origin history? You've got to give us an answer somewhere between 300 and 400. 342. <laughs> that is bang on the money. Hang on, hang on. What happens if Andrew got the right answer? Well, he, he can't beat him. He's well, bang on the money. double tiebreaker then. Andrew's been chipped. This is controversy without Ray. <laughs> Now we can hear it. We're gonna have to go back and do this again next week. So hang on, have I blown it? I think so. But why can't he go three hundred and forty-two as well? So hang on. So oh, okay. am I am right All now? Right. Bulldogs right. trying to cheat. No, I'm just trying to be fair here. <laughs> Poor old Andrew's been. But how can, how can you beat someone that's dead on the money? He could have said the same thing. He has to say a different answer. All right, okay. Kevin, you win. Well done. I'm trying to keep him honest in here. Good on you, Kevin. Well done, mate. You get a $100 tab gift card, and uh, that means that uh, there was no cheating this morning. And that uh, – what's the score now? 12-7 now. You've kicked ahead. So Ray's, Ray's team has gone to 12-7. So a case of beer too. It's... You're not happy, though, that I, I let no, the I'm cat not. out of the bag by saying that Kevin got the result. Well done, no. Kevin. Good on you, mate. 
nice day. <laughs> Good on Good you, mate. On you, Enjoy that uh, one hundred dollar tab gift voucher. Three hundred and forty-two. Bang on the money. I mean, that's pretty. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I can't hit. There was just something dubious about the whole thing. It's got a stench to it, but let's move on. You know who gets numbers right all the time? The great Jared Daffy from Tab. And now, Jared Daffy's Life Lesson. Ah, Jared Daffy. A, a, a thinking man, a thinking man. What's, what's your thought for the day, mate? Morning, boys. Uh, I'm still in shock after that last couple of minutes, but anyway. I <laughs> Was I might... rorted? Oh, I don't really want to say that, that publicly, means yes. but um, Otherwise you, you might spend some time me. in the stewards' room after the show. <laughs> uh, this is one for you, Dean, given you're a, a journalist of some repute. Why is abbreviation such a long word? Yeah, Can point. abbreviation be abbreviated? Yeah, 100%. ABV. Oh, right. There you go. So you've answered it. I have. Well, that was a waste of time. It wasn't was, wasn't it? <laughs> Not one of your best. Okay. <laughs> what else you got for us, Jared? I've got some prices in uh, the NRL today, Ryan. Uh, West Tigers two dollars forty. So that's in from two seventy five. Obviously, on the back of a couple of changes there for Manly. Manly out to a dollar fifty eight, a line of four and a half points. Uh, Newcastle five dollars fifty to beat Penrith, a dollar fifteen. Uh, the line there is sixteen and a half points. The Warriors four eighty. Cronulla a dollar eighteen. 13 and a half and tomorrow's match Bulldogs 5.50 outsiders Parramatta $1.15 and a line of 15 and a half points and Origin 2 well, we did open that as soon as Origin 1 was over the other night and New South Wales were 185 Queensland 195 New South Wales into a dollar eighty, and Queensland at $2 and you were talking earlier about uh, Brisbane and where they've come from uh, well they're well in the mix now $15 to win the comp Penrith at 260, Melbourne 350, Para at 8, North Queensland 12, Brisbane 15, along with Cronulla, the Roosters, the rest are 21 or better. AFL? Uh, today, only the one game, it's not really that an inspiring a match. North Melbourne $5 to beat GWS at $1.17. Big line there of 32.5 points. And traditional rivals uh, on this Monday, tomorrow, Collingwood and Melbourne. Melbourne have had some off field dramas this week. Collingwood $3.10, and it has been good money for them. Melbourne $1.38, and a line there of 16.5 points. What about in American sports, the NBA? Uh, the Golden State Warriors looking the goods? They do at the moment. That was uh, an emphatic victory yesterday as outsiders. So the series is two apiece here, Ryan. We've got uh, action again, Game 5, on Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Golden State. Back at home, $1.60. Boston, $2.40. Line there, three and a half points. And after being $3 to win the series before yesterday, Golden State back into $1.65. Boston out to $2.30. What about the Socceroos, Jared? And then into the US Open. Yeah, Tuesday morning, 4 o'clock, a pretty important match. This one in Qatar again. Australia listed as the home side, but of course they'll be playing over there. $4.75, draw three twenty-five, and all of the interest is in Peru, 185 into 180 And the US Open does get underway this week, and Scotty Scheffler, the favourite there at 12, ahead of Rory McIlroy, 13, Justin Thomas, 14, Cam Smith, the shortest of the... John Rahm at 14 as well, and Cam Smith, the shortest of the Aussies at 15. So looking forward to that one getting underway on Thursday night. Jared, one question without notice, you said the Broncos had come into $15. Could you recall what they got out to? Yeah, they were 67 
Wow. Okay. And, and actually, the Cowboys, after round two, if you recall, they'd lost their first mm. two games. They were 81. Wow. So it's been an amazing turnaround by both sides. Well, just on that too, we were talking about the Roosters and their, and their competition credentials. Um, you know, are people starting to get a bit, a bit shaky about them? Yeah, they are. And they have been for several weeks, Ryan. I mean, you know, they, they'll throw in an, an impressive win and then sort of lose one or two. And, and you're right, if uh, Luke Geary was to be out, that makes a massive difference. But I think, I think most think that uh, Penrith or Melbourne will win and the others are sort of making up uh, the space behind them. We're only halfway through the season, so it can obviously all change, particularly if they get an, uh, an injury. But it's good to see a couple of those Queensland sides in the mix anyway. All right. Well, uh, Jared, always great to talk to you, mate. And um, actually, you know, I can't get off the phone to you without getting a greyhound tip. You're always such a master with your, your greyhounds. Have you done the form and have you got something yeah, I'll tell you what we've got tonight. that I can follow? If, you, if you've got nothing to do tonight, you boys might want to go out to Gunnedah because um, we've got a race called the Chief Havoc tonight at Gunnedah. And uh, well, he's one of the best trainers in Australia, Jason McKay. He dominated those heats last week. He won all three. One of his has got the, the red box in the final, Fantastic Raven. She's short, 225, but round that track, I think she'll lead all the way. Okay, Fantastic Raven at 225. That sounds good to me. Anything in the black, I like that. Yeah, and t- let me tell you, Ryan... Uh, I've been listening this morning. I, I know that there's been some talk behind the scenes. I wasn't going to raise this, but I will. That uh, you know there might well be um, an opportunity for someone to replace someone, and it's not Ray Thomas. I think you've gone really well this morning. <laughs> Off you go. Thank you, mate. See ya. <laughs> no chance. Uh, we, we we can't break up this this love affair between you and Ray Mondo. What about Shane from Butterham? Text in. Wow, I thought Ray was a cheat. Ryan makes Patrick Reed look half decent. How can I be cheating when the when the bloke got it bang, Mate, bang on you. the money and it's impossible to give another correct answer? Another one. Al from Summer Bay, Bulldog, you were robbed. The quiz, flaming rigged. There that's you all go. right. The punters are talking. We like a Is bit of controversy. Listening? That's what that's what sports about. We love controversy. Uh, keep it coming. The open line number thirteen fifty three fifty three. The SMS as well zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. We're talking football now with uh, talking about great co-hosts. So I had a great time with this man over the summer. It's a good morning to Phil Moss. Good morning, Mossy. Morning, Ryan. Some real quality on that show next to... Who's the guy next to you this morning? Yeah, some bloke called Bulldog Richie. <laughs> you finished? Oh, uh, Bulldog. Come on, mate. Unleash on me. Look, you stick to football. Leave the gags to me, OK? <laughs> mate, there's a few football stories you've written over the years where I could have said, you stick to league, please. <laughs> uh, let's talk uh, football, uh, Mossy, and uh, Australia through to the semi-finals of the Under-23 Asian Cup. Yeah, look, this is a good story. Before we talk about uh, other things, this is fantastic. Uh, the 23s, who are the, obviously the next batch of uh, Oli Roos, um, are through to that semi-final. Um, they had a 1-0 win over Turkmenistan overnight. Um, now, some of these countries, not too many people may have heard of them, but let me tell you, they're decent football countries, and um, that was not an easy result. Um, the under-23s did dominate uh, possession, but they had to rely on an own goal. In the end, there was an Australian striker there to, to tap it away anyway, but it came off uh, Turkmenistan head um, onto the crossbar, crossed the line first. But um, a big result, Trevor Morgan, who is also doubling up as our technical director for FA at the moment, is leading that side before um, Tony Vidmar steps in past, uh, post this World Cup campaign. He will take over that under-23 coaching role to take them to the next uh, Olympic Games, all going well. Now, Mossy, the Socceroos, the moment of truth, how do we beat Peru? Well, we do what we did the other night, 
bulldog, and that is take our chances when they arrive. Um, you know, you don't get too many chances in these games. Peru will not be easy. They'll be a, a, a step up from UAE. There's no doubt about that. Probably a couple of steps up, but I think we've got more in us as well. Um, Graham Arnold, what he, what he goes with uh, with the team will be interesting. There's a couple of question marks. Does he stay with Matt Leckie as an out-and-out number nine or return him to the left-hand side? as a winger, which is more his natural position. Um, but that would be at the expense of Craig Goodwin, who I thought, all bar that missed opportunity the other night, I thought he was quite good. Um, and really, the other questions are probably in the central defence. Uh, Kai Rolls, Bailey Wright did well the other night. Bailey Wright got uh, shown up for pace a few times. Is Sainsbury still injured? Does he come in maybe, or uh, or Degenek? Just to add a little bit of pace at the back. And uh, Nathaniel Atkinson on the right-hand side. Um, does he keep his spot or do we maybe go for a, uh, a Karachi? So still a few decisions for Arnie to make, but I spoke to him the other night. He's very buoyant. He's confident. Uh, he's analysed Peru with a fine-tooth comb as, as always, and he believes there are plenty of opportunities for us to win that game. Peru, very, very organised side. Um, they, uh, they've been together a long time, this side, and um, the, 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 I guess the, the double-edged sword for them is they don't have a lot of depth. So if there's a couple of players out, uh, their Argentinian coach, Ricardo Gareca, um, struggles to fill those holes. But they are well organised and they will be tough for us to beat. But I'm going to back us. Hey, uh, Mossy, I was on holidays last week and a Scotsman heard my Australian accent and came over to me and all he wanted to talk about was Ange Postacoglu. It was like the second coming of the Messiah. They just love him so much over there in Scotland. I don't think he's going to be leaving Celtic anytime soon. Well, isn't it funny, Ryan, how you go from being Ange Postacog who to yeah. being an absolute messiah in Scotland in the space of uh, you know a few months? But um, yeah, look, he, he did a remarkable job. He gets to uh, take Celtic into the Champions League, uh, first Aussie coach to do that, obviously, and uh, and he's just recruited another famous Aussie name in Harry Kuehl as his uh, first team coach for next season. Uh, now Harry hasn't had a great time of it in his coaching career. He retired. From playing in 2014, he's had some clubs like Barnet, uh, Watford under-23s, Crawley Town, Notts County, Oldham Athletic, um, so a few uh, teams in the lower divisions in England and been sacked from all but Watford under-23s. But I think this is a great move for him because coaching is so different to playing. You need to do your apprenticeship. And I think uh, getting a chance to be an assistant to someone like Ange Postacoglu riding that wave of momentum at Celtic, going into the Champions League, which he played in, so he's got some real experience there to add to Ange. Um, I think he's a fantastic move, and it opens doors for, for more Aussie coaches, which I think is a great opportunity. And Mossy, there are more young Aussies making the move to Europe? Yeah, there's quite a few now, Bulldog, and um, Scotland seems to be the place of choice for, for our Aussies at the moment, but you've already got the likes of uh, um, Atkinson and, and Cammy Devlin at Hearts, but Kai Rolls and Lewis Miller, both from the Central Coast Mariners, both had outstanding seasons for Nick Montgomery's team, have, um, have both secured moves. So Kai Rolls will ju- join Atkinson and Devlin at Hearts, and, um, and Lewis Miller, who I thought was absolutely brilliant this season as a right fullback for the Mariners, he's going to Hibs on a three-year deal. Um, now, Hibbs, you'll remember, Martin Boyle is obviously uh, there at the moment, but uh, Joe McLaren played there, Mark Milligan played there. So, a real Aussie connection, and you add Ange Postacoglu, Harry Kill to the mix as well. Tommy Rogic has just left Scotland, so a real Aussie flavour over there in Scotland. Mossy, how do you think Ryan's going? All right, mate. I think you're just giving your answer there. Four stumbles and a stutter. Hang on. That's hardly a vote of confidence in the bloke sitting next to me. 
compared to Ray or steering you? No, compared to Ray. Well, I mean, Ray's the Messiah. Right. So, you know, Ray is absolutely brilliant. And ratings have gone up. So I'm not going to bag Ray. That's okay. the reason ratings have gone up. But if there was an opportunity to put someone next to Ray... Uh, right. Hey, Bulldog, you, you won't get my man Mossy. He and I are solid. We're, 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 we're galvanised over that summer period. We, we were just a force to be reckoned with. So uh, It was good fun. You won't get my man Mossy. Oh, always yeah. great to talk to you, Mossy, a professional as say, always. I have to say, mate, Bulldog and I, do. we do go back like some 30 years. So uh, he was a, a somewhat of a, a mentor and a drinking buddy of mine when I was a sports <laughs> journalist for the Manly Daily. So I'm oh, those are the days. Ryan's a much better bloke. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you two come a long way, haven't we all? Um, good on you. Thanks, Mossy. Thanks, Great Mossy. to chat, and uh, we'll chat to you soon. All of it. See you, pal. Uh, we're keeping your uh, questions coming in on the SMS as well, 0419767272, and statements. There's a lot of people protesting uh, the quiz this morning. Uh, one person saying dodgier than a Labor election promise, but I like this one, uh, Brett from Richmond. He said, Ryan, from one harness head to another, go, you good thing. You kicked around the turn, gave them the slip, and gave nothing else a chance. I think that's fair enough assessment as well. Well, I think there'll be a steward's inquiry. No. I think we've got to sort this out once and for all nope. before you come back next week because this cannot be repeated. Kevin won the voucher fair and square courtesy of Tab. So well done, Kevin, this morning on the quiz. Um, plenty to come up in the next hour. Gary Jack is going to be talking about uh, the sacking of the West Tigers coach, Michael Maguire, and also the reaction out of State of Origin. And more rugby league as well with Phil Buzz Rothfield joining us later this hour. Keep your calls coming in on the open line, 1353 in the SMS, 0419767272. It's the Big Sports Breakfast. Time for the news. I'm Sarah Wombe. Australia, Japan and the US are calling on Russia to immediately withdraw its forces from Ukraine. The country's defence ministers have released a joint statement following their meeting in Singapore. They'll also increase military cooperation to boost security and prosperity in the Indo-Pacific. Police have dealt a blow to an Asian crime cartel responsible for much of Australia's drug supply. Zach De Silva reports. A decade-long global hunt spearheaded by the Australian Federal Police has led to the arrest of crime group the company's alleged right-hand man. Chung Chuck Lee has been arrested in a Bangkok jail and brought into Melbourne. News Corp reports the company has laundered millions through Crown Casino and supplies as much as 70% of Australia's methamphetamine. Lee has been charged with trafficking more than 40 kilograms of ice. He'll face court again on Tuesday once he has a lawyer. A squad of 100 firefighters will become a permanent part of the New South Wales Rural Fire Service dedicated to future-proofing the state against fire threats. The Telegraph reports the team, which will include 20 Indigenous crew members, will build fire breaks, clear trails and perform hazard reduction activities. It's part of a multi-million dollar package to be announced in the upcoming state budget. It's about to get easier to travel to the United States. From 2 o'clock this afternoon, those heading to the US will no longer need to prove a negative COVID test before boarding their flight. Australian Federation of Travel Agents Chief Executive Dean Long says it's great news for the industry and for travellers. It's a great day to have open borders between our third largest tourism market. Australians have been wanting to get back to the US um, and have the Disneyland experience with really no testing requirements. 
farmers to leave the country or return. It's a really great day. Speed limits for Queensland's e-scooters will be cut under new reforms. Scooters will need to have a bell or other warning device installed, while speed limits on some footpaths will be halved to 12 kilometres an hour. Tougher penalties will also be implemented. A new screening will be able to identify young people at risk of a heart attack. Shannon Morris has more. The Sydney-based Victor Chang Cardiac Research Institute has developed a test which can identify a genetic mutation causing heart disease. Each year, around 2,000 Australians under the age of 50 pass away from a sudden cardiac arrest. Lead research professor Jamie Vandenberg says this can be prevented. And it's in this younger age group that there's a really high incidence of genetic causes and we've got to be able to find those quickly because if someone you know, young, otherwise healthy, dies suddenly, it does have a devastating effect on their family. Shannon Morris, N News. Briefly overseas, protesters have rallied across the United States pushing for stronger action on gun violence. The day of marches follows a spate of mass shootings in the country. Damascus International Airport in Syria has suffered major damage after an Israeli missile attack and a British warship that sank in 1682 while carrying a future king has been located off eastern England. This is Air News. There were three games of NRL yesterday. Terry Daniel has all the details. Tom Burgess has celebrated his 200th NRL game with a 30 points to 16 South Sydney Rabbitohs win over the Gold Coast Titans. Winger Alex Johnson starred, scoring his second hat-trick in a row to mark 150 tries in the league. The Melbourne Storm defeated the Sydney Roosters 26-18 in Sydney. Storm coach Craig Bellamy says both sides had a few players backing up after the state of origin. I know our boys were a bit sore and I imagine the Rooster guys were a little bit sore as well. So, yeah, really, you know, the, I know how, how often the lead changed, but it changed plenty and either team could have won the night. And in the third game, the Brisbane Broncos beat the Canberra Raiders 24-18. Terry Daniel, Air Sport. Two AFL Fremantle beat Hawthorne 95 to 82. Skipper Nat Fife played his first game in about 11 months after an injury struggle. He says they're hoping to continue their momentum following 10 straight wins. We just had a chat post game about expectations over that break, physically, mentally, freshen up, but get ready for a session Saturday and uh, we get on a bird and go and get four points against Carlton is our only focus. So no one's getting ahead of us themselves. We're two weeks into winter, a lot of work to do, but we've given ourselves a chance. Brisbane defeated St Kilda 78-57 to and Sri Lanka has taken the third T20 match against Australia by four wickets in a thrilling final match but it's little consolation for the home side who still lose the series at 2-1. Australian Independent Radio News. G'day, Blocker here. Join me and Ciro on the trip of a lifetime of the Rugby League World Cup in the UK and France this November. Catch all the World Cup action, plus enjoy a World War Battlefields tour. That'll be sensational. Stay in Paris, the Champagne District and London. Be there for both semi-finals plus the men's and women's final. Go to gullivers.com.au and secure your place today. Gullivers, the official travel agent for the Rugby League World Cup. Come on, join us. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop.
On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Get caught using a mobile phone illegally this long weekend and you'll face double the points. With double demerits in force until midnight Monday, you can stop it or cop it. In Palm Beach, look out for road damage on Baron Joey Road, just north of Surf Road. Stop and slow traffic conditions in place. Roselle ongoing roadworks have lanes closed both ways on Lilyfield Road near Victoria Road. Katoomba, a landslip on the Great Western Highway westbound near Explorers Road, is currently blocking the left-hand lane. It's the end of financial year sale at Amart. Save up to 50% on a huge rate of spacious lounges, stylish sofas, quality dining, bedroom and more. Hurry, offer ends Tuesday. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. It is a perfect day in Sydney, sunny and 17 degrees. The top showers about in Melbourne and a chilly 13 degrees. A mostly sunny day for Brisbane with tops of 19. Perth, some showers about in 20 degrees. Adelaide, 15 degrees and cloudy. And Canberra, partly cloudy and 12 degrees. It is tit for tats. You score, we score, and the Broncos are back in front. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. It is great to have your company, Ryan Phelan, in for Ray Thomas this morning, who's over in the UK for the next couple of weeks for the big racing at Royal Ascot. It's great to be alongside Bulldog Richie taking your calls this morning on the open line number 135353 and the SMS as well, 0419767272. you, you did warn me about the quiz. It just fires everyone up. We've had a protest here during the news, just with the, the stewards, we'll call them our producers, and they're divided on the result because at the end of the day, Kevin guessed the number spot on, so surely there's not another option that you can go you with. The other guy would have serious. to ask ask a different answer a different question. Well, Stu uh, d- different him. answer. I'm sticking up for Ryan. This is a hatchet job on Ryan's reputation. The other guy couldn't win because he had to guess a different number. But couldn't he have guessed 342? Well, you, and that was one of the arguments here in the Stewards' Inquiry is that he could have answered, he could have said, yes, my mate Kevin is exactly right. I'm going with the same answer. And then we would have had to ask... A double tiebreaker. A, another tiebreaker. So there is that school of thought as well. But anyway, um, the protest was dismissed. Uh, okay. It's been correct weight. And Kevin has won the $100 tab voucher. Look, so, given you're here... Today, Ryan, you're filling in for Ray. I, I don't want to make a big song and dance out of this. I'll just say it behind your back after you've left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, what a week it's been in rugby league. Um, obviously, we've been talking about the amazing state of origin performance of Queensland and uh, the not-so-amazing factors of the New South Wales Blues. But the week started with the extraordinary news of Michael Maguire being yet another coach sacked this NRL season after Nathan Brown and also Trent Barrett at the West Tigers. And I'm sure one man who was very surprised about that news, perhaps, well, maybe disappointing, we'll find out. It's a very good morning to club legend Gary Jack. Good morning, Gary. G'day, Ryan. Nice to meet you. And g'day, Bulldog. How are you, bud? Hey, Jimmy. G'day, mate. Thanks for getting me up early of a Sunday morning. I really appreciate <laughs> you it. You love it. I asked you and you said you'd be up at 6 o'clock doing your research. Yeah, well, I'm going to send you another invoice. Double time for Sunday. Mate, we know what you like with money, Jimmy. 
don't overcharge us. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, Madge, I spoke yeah. to you off air briefly. I know you've got some strong thoughts here. Should he have been sacked by the Tigers? Um, well, he should, should he have been sacked. By, I think it's very, it was terrible the way it was portrayed out in the media um, on, on the Monday night there. Uh, you know, the buzz gets a phone call. Or he'd heard that you know that he was on it was demise of of, uh, of of him as a coach and um, I think the Tigers um, are really they should have probably got rid of him twelve months ago really to be honest with you when they had a meeting at the end of last year that's when there was a meeting held and he should have been t- probably terminated then but why wasn't he I think he wasn't terminated because they'd resigned him during the year they resigned him for another two years that was my argument Jimmy that if they backed him last year then back him this year because. Yep. No point backing him after review than giving him 12 and saying, you're gone again. Yeah, that's right. So how, how could they say lose face and and terminate him in the November? He should have been terminated after they got beat 38 nil by Canterbury. That was embarrassing for all Tigers fans to watch that game. Um, that, that's when he should have gone. But but they've had that, you know, Tim Sheen wasn't there at that time. And now they've given him another another eight months and the results aren't there. So Tim Sheen's obviously stepped in and, uh, and, and, and and terminate him. You know, it's cost the club eight hundred thousand dollars. They must have more money than cents mm. uh, to burn. Gary, the drums were almost beating in the pre-season, though, weren't they? Almost from a leadership level. I remember a lot of the press being about that the Tigers named a leadership group rather than just one captain. And there was a lot of criticism around that. Do you think that perhaps ties into, I guess, maybe the culture of leadership around the Tigers? I think you're 100% there, Ryan. I think when you pick five guys, you have five five different opinions. Um, you keep every you keep every five blokes happy that they're the captain. You know, you only have one captain. Someone leads by example. Like players know who, who that is. So I think that was just to to keep everyone happy. I think there was some pushback. I think there was some pushback from inside the club because he's a hard taskmaster. Uh, you know. He's Michael Maguire. He expects a lot from his players. And I think players like to be cuddled, and I think they like to, you know, all oh, that. We don't need to do that sort of stuff these days. They did it back in the eighties and nineties, and I think there was some pushback from the players, and they resented that. Um, and I think that's a good way of just trying to keep them all happy. But I, I, it's, it's, yeah. What do you do if you lose? What you drop? You drop? You drop one captain each week until someone wins. Then if they win, then they're the captain for the rest of the season. You know, seriously. Jimmy, in a perfect world, who do you want to be the West Tigers coach? Uh, look, I think you need someone with experience. Really, do they're, they're talking about these the younger coaches, the Seraldo. You know, um, there's lots of young coaches that come through that, that that don't make it. You know, you've got to you've got to go to the right club. You've got to be you've got to have, certainly have a hard edge to you uh, when you're talking to your players. Uh, I think Flanagan. I think Flanagan has got the experience. Uh, look, I don't know him, but I, I think he's done a he did a, he's done a great job in the past, and that's the sort of coach you need to come in. And you need strong support from your board too, from your board, your CEO, and your chairman. You need them to stand by your coach. You know, if you've got a, if you if you weaken the board and, and your your chairman's not strong and, and your CEO, you know, is on holidays, I think it's difficult to to, to back your back your your coach because he's the one that, that makes the results happen and all, everyone's together in the in the background and the whole club's together. You know, Jack Gibson had a quote that winning starts on Monday. You know, and in the front office, 100 percent correct. It hasn't changed in 40 years. Probably hasn't changed in 80 years. And there's there's some distinct lacks in leadership at the Tigers. 
um, and they just keep changing the coach, looking for a quick fix, and quick fixes don't work, you know. So I think someone with experience is someone who they've got to bring in. I think Flanagan would probably be a good fit. Mm. Well, let's talk state of origin now, Gary. Uh, 16 to 10 win to Queensland over New South Wales in game one. Um, it was close, but um, probably fair to say that particularly in the second half, a dominant performance from Queensland as a New South Wales great. Where did they get it right and where did they get it wrong, New South Wales, and what do they need to do ahead of game two? Uh, what, look, they always, Queensland, I think last couple of years, they've had a huge advantage by having Tommy Turbo and Latrell in the team. You know, they weren't there. They both weren't there. Like, New South Wales were leading 26-6 last year at half time. Those guys weren't there. You could see straight away that... Um, that we missed those players. Uh, young Cleary was always going to be under pressure with his kicking game. He got absolutely, yeah, he, got, he got smashed. Um, he'll learn from it. He'll be a better player. Um, you know, but I think we probably need to to take it more to the Queenslanders than what we did. I think we let them, they, they dominated the match for probably 80 minutes and would have been a, would have been terrible if, would have for them if they'd have got back and um, at the end we made it 16 all. Because they were certainly the better team for, for you know, ninety percent of the game. I was in the bloody Caxton Hotel when it was all this was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was. Well, they. Cocky. Gee, you're brave, being a former you know New South <laughs> Wales player in in the Caxton Hotel up there in Queensland. Yeah, well, I thought well, I only lived once, so I wanted to, <laughs> wanted it was, to come up. It was a paid gig, was it? <laughs> it was a paid gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I stayed around. But it was a zoo. It was a zoo. <laughs> but after it bloody finished. But they were playing John Denver. They were playing Take Me Home, Country Road. They were playing Neil Diamond. <laughs> it was a real, a real carnival atmosphere. They were pretty happy. Um, it was packed out. I thought, wow, how good this be at the Caxton Hotel? But, yeah, um, it, it, was, it was a great experience that I'll never, ever experience again. I don't reckon it was great, though, back in the day when – remember New South Wales used to drive the bus yeah. down outside and they'd just pelt it for, with beer? Yeah. With beer, yeah, with with full cans of beer. They had them lining up on the windowsill. I actually thank the blokes that threw the beers there 40 years ago for, for their effort in um, in inspiring New South Wales with some victories in 85 and 86. But they were still there, those blokes. They hadn't moved. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, I've always balked at that theory that Queensland understand origin more than New South Wales. I think it's baloney. But is there something to it in your eyes? I mean, they do continue to come back when they're not expected to. They seem to yeah. win games. Mm. You know, Is there any truth to that theory? No, I don't think there's any truth to that theory at all. But you just got to look bulldog at the fact the last two years we've, we've hammered them, you know, 3-0 or 2-1, sorry. Um, they were, they're always going to be the underdog. And, you know, and we did, there's no Latrell, there's no Turbo. They were always going to come back. They're always going to be... Yeah, you know, they had always they always got something to prove, and and you know that's that's what Queenslanders did. They always had a chip on their shoulders and something to prove, and and the opportunity came, and, and they took it, and we were off our game. Um, I think Freddie's, you know, he's got to protect his kicker next time, and I also think Freddie's got to bring in yeah, uh, Addo Carr's got to come back into the side. He's a genuine try scorer. We couldn't score tries, you know, he, he is a try scorer, so he's got to come back in, um, you know, so. So it didn't surprise me that the Queenslanders did win. I was hoping that we'd win, but it didn't surprise me at all that they got up. You know, I think a lot of people seem to overlook too is, Bulldog, i ask you this. Who, who are the three teams that Queensland choose the majority of their players from in the NRL? 
Well, the three Queensland sides and two of them are flying. Which are, you know, Cowboys, Cowboys and, Broncos, and Broncos and, and Storms probably the other one, right? Yeah, yeah. Guess where they're on the ladder? Storm two, Cowboys three, Broncos four. They win in, in form. There is a correlation between the fact that those NRL teams are going well and that's their main selection base. So, yes, there is, I think, you know, the culture thing, which is, is great for, I guess, cannon fodder, you know, for a lot of the journos, but ultimately they're just picking for more informed sides at the moment. That's got to be a big factor as well, Gary. Definitely, yeah. They, they, they've been off the last couple of years and they are the top, you know, top three or four sides at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, Ruben Cotter, what what a great young player. Yeah. You know, he's been he's been discovered now. That's been, and young Cobo as well. You know, he's only nineteen years of age. You know, that that's good. That, that's good. But you know, obviously, New South Wales, Freddie's got to just he's got to lick his wounds. He's got to go back and reevaluate where they went wrong and be, and be honest with himself. I think he made a couple of fundamental errors there. Um, you know, I think he probably would have had Jake there as well, Jake Travoyevich. Now, guys that have done it in the past, they haven't let him down. Maybe they'll come back in. Um, but, you know, New South Wales, it's going to be tough now. We're over there at WA for the second game. And the third game's up there. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a big challenge for our guys to, to, to hold on to the series. Uh, Jimmy, before we let you go, um, last year, of course, you suffered a heart attack. It was very frightening and went into cardiac arrest and mm. lifeless for eight minutes before being revived. How do you look back at that now, and you know how is your health? Are you, are you back to your fighting best? Yeah, um, th- thanks, Dean. No, my my, my, health, my health is well, mate. Now, right. I, I did, I did, yeah, I uh, actually walked twenty five k's with Royce and Simmons there a couple of weeks ago um, to help him raise awareness, awareness for dementia. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a shock suffering a cardiac arrest uh, back in January last year, and just goes to show that you know it can happen to anyone. Uh, yeah. Make sure you, get, you go and see your doctor and make sure you get your heart checked out. And I was just very lucky that where I had my arrest, that I had um, people that, that knew what they were doing and did CPR, which kept me alive. Otherwise, um, I, w- I wouldn't be here. So I was very, very, very fortunate. So, yeah, my life has changed. And um, yeah, I I don't take stuff for granted like I probably used to before and realise that, you know, we're all not bulletproof that... Um, Someday, you know, we're not going to be. So I try to enjoy every moment and every day as much as I can. Yeah, and I just want to say, Gary, that we fans don't take you rugby league greats for granted either. You mentioned Roycey Simmons there. And wasn't that walk great? I mean, as a rugby league fan, you know, seeing Wally Lewis there as well yeah. and Alan Langer, and you just think of those names and all you boys together – by gee, I was just thinking in my mind the stories that would have been shared along the way with some of those rugby league greats. You could have written a book on the back of that week or two. Yeah, it was great. And that's that's the beauty of it because we all come to When you meet Royce, you know, I'll give him a hug and give him a cuddle, say, good, great to see you, mate. And, you know, you probably haven't seen these guys for maybe three or four years, you know. So when you do see them, it's, it's extra special because, you, you know, you, you've gone through a lot together playing for New South Wales and Australia and club football. I played against Royce for a decade. So then, you know, Royce is, I think he's, what, 62? I've just turned 61. You know, you realise that, geez, you know, um, it, it's great to see that while he was there, you, you give blokes you know, a cover and a hug and say, good to see you, mate. You know, it's, um, you really appreciate those friendships that you got from such special times from from your youth. And, you know, it's, it's great to experience them with each other. Jimmy, I don't mean to sound critical of today's players, and I admire their athleticism, but do you think there's, there was more camaraderie back in your time among your mates? Yeah. Maybe the money wasn't there, and 
There were more tours overseas. Do you think that the, the friendship and the bond was a little bit stronger then than what it is today? Yeah, I, I think you're right there, mate. I, and Dino and, and uh, you know, I was up there um, at the at the Caxton when I spoke there and uh, Ben Teo was there. You know, he's a great young fella, Ben Teo, and he spoke and we both spoke together at the end, he said, well, I think the big difference between now and then is back in your days, there were lots of characters and lots of personalities because I was telling stories about Locker and Zero <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. He said, that these days, there's not as many characters and personalities and, um, as what there is today. And that's sad that those, that those guys aren't in the game um, because because of, you know, it's money, it's professional, it's, you know, you're under, under the, you know, someone's got a phone or whatever, they can watch whatever you do, you know, um, there's a lot, lots of stuff which this players is on themselves now, you know, TikTok and all that sort of stuff, whatever that means. I, you know, it's, it's a different world. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it to them, won't we, uh, Gary? Uh, always great to talk to you, mate, and, and more importantly, terrific to hear that you're in, in great health and uh, keep that up because um, obviously you're a doyen of the game and we love talking to you and we want to be doing that for a lot longer. So thanks for joining us this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Thanks, Ryan. I'll just I'll just keep it at single time rate. I won't charge you double time for Sunday. Well, it's Sunday, Jimmy, before midday, go double time and a half. <laughs> double time and a half. <laughs> Bulldog's got plenty. He'll take care of you. Good on you. Gary Jack joining Thanks, us Jimmy. this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Brett Kavanagh on growing up in Roma. Well, we grew up on a property. You had races on a Saturday, transistor radio. You'd screw your ear and listen to Burnt Bright and Vince Curry and, and Tappy and those guys. As it, I'm talking like five, six, seven, eight year old. Big event was going to track work at Augustella on a Saturday morning, you know, like 15, 20 horses working. And like that was the highlight. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Let me in the car. Get in. <laughs> While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Here's some news about the Bingley End of Financial Year sale. Nothing's changing. There'll still be huge deals store-wide. So if you need a new heater for winter... A new big screen TV for the footy... A new oven or cooktop... Or a new computer for your home office, you'll never see prices like these again. Because something's always stayed the same. And Mum, I'll be there every day bright and early. Well, some things will be different. The End of Financial Year sale at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. Deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, and a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, I'm talking about Garlow's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlow's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought, Ryan. Take a note off from cooking and grab a Garlow's family pie 
for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meal section. And if you can't find us, ask for Garlow's Pies by name. Garlow's Pies, they're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. She just ran away from everybody. Min Ji Lee wins the U.S. Women's Open at Pine Needles. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yes, what a week it was for Minji Lee, uh, a superstar of Australian golf. Terrific to see her in the winner's list yet again. Taking your calls this morning, 1353 53 and the SMS as well, 0419767272. We were um, talking at the topic this morning of uh, great... Australian sporting debuts after Billy Slater coached uh, the Maroons to a terrific win during the week. Uh, this one coming in, best debuts, cricket's Ashton Agar. Yeah, remember his uh, debut was terrific, wasn't 97? it? 97? Was it, uh, was it in England, was, that famous innings yes, where he was batting number that's nine? Right, that's just, right. We just fell short, I believe. Uh, Broncos' first game against Manly, uh, the origin debut of Brett Hodgen, Hodgson for New South Wales. That's from uh, Tony from Rocky as well. So, yeah, keep them coming in. Some some great stuff this morning. I, I suggest love home and away too, Ron. I didn't tell you this before you came. I, I, I'm well aware. I, <laughs> I love Your reputation precedes you when it so comes to home and away. Willow from Windsor. Talking about debuts. When the day finally arrives, Bulldog debuts on home and away. It will be one of the greats. You've waited long enough, Bulldog. It's your time to shine. How I'm could you tra- possibly watch? I've watched half I'm an episode of Home and Away in my Bay. life, and it was when that Bobby was on the show and, and um, Alex Paps was on the show. That's how long ago it was. Well, you've, but you've remembered it to now, so clearly it's made No, I forgot it back then is the way I choose to look at it. <laughs> I reckon you're a closet fan. Taking your calls, 13.53.53. It's the Big Sports Breakfast uh, weekend. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning. How are you? Very well. State of origin, what do you think? I love the show, guys. State of origin, well, just two things. I thought at the end, um, the ball was played. It should have been played on. He blew the whistle a tab too early, I think. Yeah, there was, yeah, a, it was a bit of controversy there, Ricky. There was also controversy over the the uh, um, Polo Junior Barlow's. Uh, yeah, was, was held, held in back the in the scrum, scrum as Jerry. well, which was a pivotal moment. You know what, though, Ryan, and I'll say it to you, Ricky. There was a lot of moments that went against the Blues. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I still don't think, though, that we can sit here and look ourselves in the mirror and go, the referee or decisions cost us the game. I just yeah, think we're outplayed. Yeah. I was happy that he put the whistle away. So was that's, I. That's what you want to see at origin level. So was I. Yeah. Well, I think we'll bounce back anyway. We're better than that. And I think we'll have learned by it. Um, and the other thing is, I really wish they could maybe change one of the commentators Seriously, Andrew John's better better seen and not heard. Seriously? Oh, I disagree, Ricky. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly disagree on that one. I think Joey's a brilliant commentator and he's mm. one of my favourites. The way he dissects a game is quite brilliant. Joey reminds me of Shane Warne. They just think a little bit left field, mm. but they're masters of their profession. Just on commentators, I'm going to go into bat for a mate of mine, Matty Thompson, who Great obviously fella. stepping into the shoes of, you know, the great Ray Warren. I mean, you, you just can't fill the shoes of Raps. He, he's the great. But 
Matty Thompson is an excellent rugby league caller, and I reckon he did a great job the other night. He's going to do a great job for years to come. Let's just give him some breathing space to get in there and do that job. I think he does it really well. Yeah, terrific fella, Matty. I didn't hear the call because I was actually covering the game, yep. obviously, but from all accounts, he did a stellar job, and as you say, he'll be there a long time. Yeah. So he should be. Good fella, Matty. Taking your calls, 1353.53. Good morning, Bob. Hi. G'day, boys. How are you going? Very well. Good, what do you got for us? Um, just couple of things. Um, the um, Big League magazine, why, why, why have they cut, cut that out? Yeah, it went out during COVID, Bob, as one of the casualties. Yeah. It's a real shame. We all loved our Big League and Rugby League Week, the other magazine, went about three or four years before that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Even on Wednesday night, there was no official program. Mm. It's a bit of a shame because a, a shame. lot of kids used to collect those, oh, I, including myself. My, my collection, I reckon, would be worth thousands. Mm. You know, hopefully. It, 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 I agree with you, Rob. It, it's, uh, Bob, it's, it's such an important publication. It's missed. Is there any chance of um, it coming back or not? Well, it was the official program, Bob. So if that was to happen, it would have to be an NRL decision. And I guess, you know, online these days you can get all your teams off your phone. But the Daily Telegraph each Thursday, Bob, we have a lift out in the middle of our paper and all the teams are in there. So if you want to get your teams for the weekend, grab your Thursday telly, go to your lift out and grab it. But in terms of an official publication, I get the feeling it won't be back, mate. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But look, look, um, I get the Daily Telegraph delivered every day, but uh, um, it's not as... Uh, it doesn't cover the the big league setup as much as uh, the big league magazine used to cover. But anyway, my second point is um, what a what a refreshing change it is to have uh, Ryan Phelan, and I'm not related to him. But, uh, <laughs> I was say, I'm is not, that Bob Phelan? Is it? <laughs> hey, is that Bob Phelan? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not, mate. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, he, he's a bright spark. Um, I, I reckon he, he, he's a... What are you suggesting that Ray and I are? Well, can't, can't Bob just give a kind comment? Well, well, it's, it's a not slap like in I the have face. to take anyone's job. You know? It's a slap in the face, Bob. He's gone. No, he's, he's, he's just... just oh, I've stirred you up, Ryan. I, I appreciate oh, you. you up, I appreciate you, Bob. Thank you very much for that. But no, the, the great Ray Mondo, he'll be... I'll be in next week because he's still in the UK. But then, you know, you, you two... Tweedledum and Tweedledee, or whatever you want to call yourselves, we'll be back together and, and everything will be happy as Larry once again. Uh, taking your calls, 1353.53. Good morning, Doug. Good day, mate. How are you, Richie? Good day, Doug. I'm good. Uh, I've got two things to say. Uh, Dylan Edwards, would he get picked up in the Origin match? Oh, he's a terrific player, and I'd say he'd be almost you know, number two or probably, th- say, three now in the NRL, but he's certainly behind. James Tedesco and Tom Draboyevich when they're fit. So, look, yeah, terrific player, Doug, but I think he's just a little bit off the pace in terms of the pecking order. And you couldn't go past Teddy. And you know, if Teddy does retire one day, I reckon Tommy's ready to go straight in there. So Dylan might have to wait his time. And uh, Forbes and Parks play football today at Pioneer Aval and Park. Is that a great rivalry out there in the bush, Doug? Yes, it is, mate. Who wins? I'd say Forbes, mate. I'm from Forbes anyway. Yeah. Sausage stuff sandwich and a beer, Doug? They'll get a big crowd out there? They'll get a big crowd, yeah. If Charlie Staines 
could help too. <laughs> He'd be a good player too for Forbes, wouldn't he? Actually, Ryan Charlie Staines was mentioned in one of our he was. SMSs, which one I can't of the great find debuts in front of me. But yeah, four tries on debut. I think it was down at Cogra, wasn't it? And he did it in front of his mates. Remember, his mates came down from the bush, and uh, he scored all these tries in front of them. So yeah, he certainly had a debut to remember a year or two ago down there at Cogra. Yeah, we'll try find that uh, that text as we uh, take another caller. Uh, good morning, Robbo. Morning, boys. Hey, Robbo. Um, have Dino, you know, see me down the uh, Skiffy's, mate, for your big hamburgers. Oh, I love my burgers down there. And a pizza at the Manly Skiff Club. Yeah. Anyway, on to more serious matters. Uh, Ryan, you're, you're spot on about the rise of the Queensland local teams and Broncos and that. It's a major contributor to their improvement. Mm. But uh, our worst uh, performer was our coach. Uh, he's and don't say he was out coached. He was inept in his um, in what he did. Um, fancy leaving one of our best forwards, if not our best forward, Cameron Murray off the field for 28 minutes. Give me a break. I mean, as soon as he came on, he had an impact. Then he leaves Haas off for what nearly half an hour. I just don't get it. And yeah, and and there was no protection for our our um, halfback when he was kicking the ball. You know, which he gets at Penrith. And, and we kept persisting in going down the middle. And and um, and then when we went wide with Whiten, and that we made ground. Then in the press conference after the game, we, he says, oh, well, you know, we were letting them play the ball too quick. Well, hang on, you're in the box. Why don't you send the message down, hold them down on the tackles? Robbo, I'll be accused of sticking up for Freddie here, but I don't really care. You know what? I agree with what you're saying. And Freddie agrees with it himself. He, he was quite... Harsh in his own self-appraisal at full time. But let's remember, it's one game. We lost by six points, and we've won three of the past four series with Freddie in charge. So you know, I don't think we should lynch him based on one loss by six points. Yes, some things were probably done wrong, and some things will be done differently in Perth. But I don't know. Let's just sit back and just chill a little bit in terms of Freddie and see where it takes us over the entire series. Mm. And just on our previous caller who mentioned Charlie Staines, that text that came through earlier was uh, from Mitchell uh, from Fairlight who said, Charlie Staines of Penrith, who put over four tries on debut. So, um, yeah, that was the uh, the text message that we referred to earlier. Talking, Ferrari, they call him. Yeah, talking about uh, great debuts after Billy Slater uh, was able to lead Queensland to victory in the coach's box on Wednesday night. There's plenty happening in sport. Uh, Tanya Thomas is with us again this morning. Good morning again, Tanya. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. Brisbane's rise up the NRL ladder continues with a 24-18 win over Canberra last night at Suncorp Stadium. Adam Reynolds said it was a courageous victory after losing three of their best players to injury, he being one of them. The captain suffered a rib strain. Melbourne beat the Roosters 26-18 in a high-quality match at the SCG for the Storm. Grant Anderson on debut scored a double. And Rabideau's Alex Johnston scored a hat-trick in South's 30-16 win over the Gold Coast, taking his tally of tries to 150 for the club. Today, the West Tigers play Manly. Newcastle host Penrith. The Warriors take on Cronulla at 6-15. And tomorrow, Canterbury v Parramatta. 
Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott have rejuvenated the career of Alligator Blood, the horse storming to an outstanding win in the Group 1 Stradbroke handicap yesterday at Eagle Farm, while Peter and Paul Snowden continued their outstanding Brisbane Carnival with the stable's third Group 1 success when She's a Belter won the JJ Atkins Stakes. At Royal Randwick, the Bob Charlie Stakes was won by the Mark Newnham-trained Dragonstone and star apprentice Reese Jones had a memorable afternoon riding four winners. Meantime, the final fifth an all-important barrier draw for the King's Stand Stakes, which is on day one at Royal Ascot, Tuesday night our time, will be released later tonight. The Chris Waller-trained Nature Strip is one of the 20 horses in the race. And still with racing, Miss Esme led from the start to win the half-a-million-dollar 715 final at the Gardens Greyhounds last night. It was a one-point thriller in the Super Rugby Pacific semi-final in Auckland with the Blues defeating the Brumbies 20-19. The Blues will play the Crusaders in next weekend's final at Eden Park. The Crusaders beat the Chiefs 20-7 in Friday night's semi in Christchurch. AFL and Fremantle 95 beat Hawthorne 82, Brisbane 78 over St Kilda 57. The Bears share 40 points with top of the table Melbourne, but they sit in second spot on differential. Today, GWS are favourites to beat North Melbourne. The Giants secured third spot on the Super Netball table with a win against Sunshine Coast Lightning in Sydney last night, 68-65. to The win gives them a home elimination semi-final next week, but we don't know who that will be against just yet. That depends on results today and tomorrow. Sri Lanka beat Australia in the third and final T20 Cricket International in Kandy overnight by four wickets and one ball remaining. The Aussies, however, won the previous two. While at Trent Bridge in Nottingham, stumps on day two of the second test between England and New Zealand. England won for 90 after New Zealand posted a first innings of 5.53, led by Daryl Mitchell's 190. It's the Kiwis' highest test score on English soil. Nick Kyrgios went down to Andy Murray in the semi-final of the Stuttgart Tennis Open 7662. It's Murray's first tour final on grass in six years. Ferrari's Charles Leclerc has pole for the Azerbaijan F1 Grand Prix. He's sixth in eight races. Red Bull takes second and third in Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen, while Dan Ricciardo will start from 12th. Aussie Sue O oh is four off the lead after the second round of the LPGA event in New Jersey. It's a three-round tournament. Stephanie Kiriko is a further shot back. Tony Fennell had an eight under 62 to join Rory McIlroy at 11 under on top of the leaderboard at the Canadian Open. No Aussies in contention there. Cam Smith fell right down the leaderboard. And Charles Swartz, Schwartzel won the inaugural Saudi-backed, is it LIV or LIV? Golf International um, at Centurion overnight in England. He won by one shot, pocketing 4.75 million US. Now, I, th- I don't know if I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't know what LIV stands for. Do you know what it stands for? I assumed it was a sponsor. sponsor. I so did I. So. It's actually 54 in Roman numerals, and the oh. tournament is over 54 oh, okay. holes. Right. right, okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I thought I was the only one on the planet who didn't really Well, it probably just depends on the italics that it's written in. Yeah. So is what do they do next year? <laughs> what do they call it then? No, it, it becomes a bit more com- complicated, doesn't it? <laughs> but anyway, Greg Norman has uh, has said the evolution of golf has arrived. Um, the, the PGA not so happy. 17 players have been suspended that, mm. have, that have jumped ship. Um, and a me- the, the press conferences apparently are, are a hoot. Uh, they're worth the price of admission. The, the golf itself is pretty much a, a sideshow at the moment and it, all that's going on behind the scenes is, is what's causing all the drama. Um American journalist Alan Shipnuck, who actually wrote that controversial biography of um, 
Phil Mickelson called The Rip-Roaring Biography of Golf's Most Colourful Superstar. And he didn't write some very nice things because Phil had a lot of money problems there for a while. So he was denied media accreditation to, to the event. And he thought, well, I'll turn up on my own. He bought a ticket and, and rocked in and they, they saw him and he was manhandled and the security guards came out and, and pulled him out. And he sent a text message to Greg Norman and said, like, this is just what's happened to me. You know, this is not right, whatever. And Greg said, oh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll look into it. And then there's a photo posted of Greg standing there watching him being taken out mm. by the security. So, you know, so he knew what was going on. But Phil Mickelson and um, Dustin Johnson, Mickelson is, has not denied uh, a $200 million appearance fee and Dustin Johnson $150 million appearance fee. So there's a lot of money. And there is talk, because Ray was telling me this is massive news in England, um, obviously the first tournaments at Centurion in England, and there's um, talk of more players just jumping ship to this to this uh, series. And and you, you can't blame them, I suppose. It'd be hard to knock back a couple it's hundred million, It's hard to knock it? it back, yeah. Um, because there's American golfer Pat Perez, he's has not actually in the tournament, he wasn't given a spot, but he said, um, you know, golfers are on no course guarantees you know like a an NBA player mm. or a baseball player whether they're sitting on the sideline or not they're still getting paid but a golfer doesn't get paid mm. unless he, he you know he's, he's he's playing and earning money and in any given day year like the top owner on the PGA tour could be 7.7 million dollars or mm. 7 8 million dollars when you look at someone like Steph Curry who's on 54 million so question to you you were just saying during the break that you love watching golf you love watching the PGA tour will you watch this Greg Norman, this new tournament series coming yeah, absolutely. out? absolutely. You will? I mean... Because I often think, you know, I think back to Super League. When when we're talking money, it okay, it's great for the players because they make more money, but it divides fans. It definitely does. And Ian Poulter has come out and said, why can't we have, be, have two tour cards? Why can't we play PGA Tour? Why can't we play this new series? I don't know why you can't. Hmm. Uh, but you know whether it dilutes each tournament, I don't know. But you know you're still going to see the best players. But you want to see the best players go up against each other, mm. don't you? So anyway, whether it will last or not, re Super League. How long did that last? Yeah, well, that you know. One year. But this is a lot of money, a lot of money, and it's uh, Saudi backed. So they've got a lot to put into. Don't know it. how they're going to make the money mm. without laying that much. How are you actually going to? Yeah. I guess they just don't care. No, exactly. Uh, good on you, Tanya. Thanks, Thank Tanya. you very much for that. And um, we've got some great SMSs coming in before. We were talking to Gary Jack before and, and about his health, which he's saying he's good, in good health. And this one coming in, because we've also been talking about great debuts. Um, one of the best debuts I witnessed was watching Steve Turvey Mortimer at Belmore Sports Ground. Um, and on the f front page of the Rugby League Week the following week, and they published A Star Is Born. That was from John at Mormank. Isn't it great to think about the great Steve Turvey Mortimer in, in State of Origin time, a man that isn't in great health at the moment, um, suffering from dementia. I always remember him kissing the ground there in State of Origin, one of the most immortal images that this game has. And you just reflect on a great man um, and also a great player. Yeah, 1985 that would have been, Ryan. Turvey dropped to his knees and kissed mm. the ground, an iconic moment in Origin. I remember that magazine, Rugby League Week, because I've still got it at home somewhere. It was a really tight photo of a young Turvey, and Jeff Printer would have been the editor of Rugby League Week, the great Jeff Printer. And that was the headline, A Star Is Born, and certainly um, the great Pinky Printer nailed it that day because we did see a star born in the one and only Steve Mortimer. Absolutely. A break on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Phil Buzz Rothfield is next.
The putters panel. I think the most interesting runner for me is Willinga Rufio coming out of that fourth three maiden. Very difficult to go from maiden into benchmark 72, obviously restricted three-year-old race on a Saturday. However, there have been three subsequent winners out of that race, so the form is stacking up nicely. But Tyler Schiller's rated this brilliantly up front, Willinga Rufio, and that's two out of two. That's a very smart win. The putters panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. With Play Central on the Tab app, you can watch the greatest racing from Australia and around the world wherever you want. Like while working on your tan at the beach. Flicking between Sky Racing 1, 2 and Thoroughbred Central while waiting for your car to be washed. And you can watch and bet while you're getting a short back and sides. Play Central, only on the Tab app. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1800 858 858. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. People often ask me, how did a footballer go from sticking his head into a scrum to making pies? Well, it goes back to when we were just so sick of getting pies that all it was was pastry and no meat. So I teamed up with my brother Nathan and we created a pie which is deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and filling which is just bursting with flavour. You can find us in Coles and Woolworths but only in the chilled meals section. If you can't see us, grab the manager and say, where are the Garlow's Pies? Because at Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Rugby League's most feared and revered newsbreaker in Phil Buzz Rothfield joins us this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Uh, good morning to you, Buzz. Um, just before we, we get into the topics, before the break we were talking about Steve Mortimer, I know you've spent a lot of time with the great Turvey and written a few articles on him, particularly this year, just on his condition. What's an update with him at the moment? How is he travelling? Oh, look, um, good morning, guys. Uh, Turvey's doing okay, you know. It's been well publicised. He's um, been set back with dementia. I I did go to Canterbury Leafs Club with his son and um, John Gray and uh, Alan Thompson, the old manly 5'8", and, we, and Barry Ross. We had a lovely lunch and you know, Turby's doing the best he can, and he, look, he's getting great care. And um, yeah, it was, it was lovely to see him and talk about some old stories. His long-term memory's great, and you know, he can remember you know great stories of kangaroo tours and things like that. And he's been a wonderful contributor to the game. And I'll tell you something: after the Super League war, and people don't realise this, he played a really key role in getting the game back together. I remember at News Corp. He used to often come into our building and he'd go and see our chief executive, uh, John Hardigan, and, uh, you know, about News Limited, uh, News Corp eventually having an exit strategy from the game and, and handing it back to the people. And, 
And I know John Hardigan listened very, very carefully to Turby at the time. And, um, yeah, it, it, apart from being one of the greatest and most entertaining footballers I've ever seen, his role off the field's been very important as well. Buzz, in your column in the Sunday Telegraph, What's the Buzz this morning? You raised a very good point, and I've said it a couple of times myself, about clubs blowing up, about not extracting enough money from the NRL, yet they've coughed up, in your estimation, around $5 million on sacking coaches in recent years. McGregor, Morris, Kearney, Green, Pay, Seabold, Maguire, Barrett, Brown. It's easy to make these decisions, but sometimes we forget of the financial implications. Yeah, well, the, the NRL are handing out record amounts of money to the clubs, and in my view, a lot of them are wasting it. And you think back, and I heard you having a G up with Zorba. Arthur's wanted to get rid of Kevin Walters a year ago. Because that would have been another one. This is after they paid out Anthony Seabold about $1.5 million. You know, people were harassing me with emails and trolling me on social media that Ricky Stewart should be sacked. And look how he's turned the Raiders around. They went so close last night. They've, you know, they've, they've won four of their last five or six. You know, and these clubs, go through that list you said, McGregor, Myrus, Carney, Pay, Seabold, Maguire, Barrett, Brown. You know, the people who put these guys in jobs, are they accountable? Are they? No, they're not. They keep there. And they're wasting money. Put $5 million into bush footy or put $5 million into pathways. Mm. You know, I, I, I get dirty with all these coach sackings. You've got to have some patience. I hope the Titans show a bit of patience with their coach. He's struggling. But he ran eight from not made the finals last year. Mm. People and want to sack him now. I was saying this morning too, Buzz, um, David Middleton came out with the stat this week that the average lifespan of an NRL coach is 4.2 seasons. But when you consider in the NRL era where he's assessed that, you've got Craig Bellamy, Des Hasler, Trent Robinson and Wayne Bennett who are all long-term coaches. It's probably actually less than 4.2. Yeah, yeah. No, you're probably right. Look, I've got a lovely spot that I'm going to put in my column tomorrow. There were a couple of guys bump into each other at Sydney Airport on uh, Friday. The Sharks were flying to Brisbane and the Rabbitohs were flying to the Gold Coast. And they're, they're checking in together. It was Johnny Morris and um, Craig Fitzgibbon. And it could have been awkward. It was the first time they'd bumped into each other since uh, uh, Fitzgibbon took his job at the Sharks. But they stopped, they chatted, and they had, like two gentlemen, you know. It was, it was a really nice thing to see, according to those uh, who witnessed it. Buzz, another piece in your column this morning of interest. Parramatta closely monitoring the contract standoff uh, between the Roosters and Angus Crichton? Well, just so all your listeners uh, understand, Angus Crichton actually agreed and signed a contract with the Roosters late last year. But the Roosters, when they signed Brandon Smith, could not register Angus Crichton's contract because it would have put him over the cap the next year. So they've sort of given him permission to look elsewhere, which his manager has been doing. And I know you reported recently that the West Tigers had shown some interest while Michael Maguire was there. But I'm told now, Parramatta, this huge concern around Brian Madison. They desperately want to keep him, but there's every indication is he's going to join 
Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins. So their plan B is Angus Crichton. If they lose Madison, it would be a like-for-like replacement, I would think. I thought Crichton had his best game of the year last night against Melbourne. I noticed he did, I think he did more metres than any other forward. He can still play. Has been out of form. Hasn't been, you know, the origin player he once was. But it'd be a handy pickup because they've also lost Papalihi, Parramatta, and another Reds forward. So, um, yeah, they've got to have a plan B here. Speaking of forwards, um, what's happening with Matt Lodge at the moment in finding a home since he left the Warriors? Yeah, this is an interesting story. I wrote that he got the big payout, $700,000. It's a nice golden handshake. He wants to find another club for the rest of the season. Now, a couple of clubs have shown interest and are happy to give him something like hundred k just to prop up their forward pack and he'd like to play in the competitive side. The problem is the NRL are got this notational value they put on players. So they won't allow him to sign with anyone for under around $200,000. The problem is the clubs that want Matt Lodge for the rest of the season don't have 200 in the cap. Most of them leave about 100 for emergencies. Um, so he might struggle and he said to me he might finish up playing park footy because no one will be able to afford him that amount just to keep himself fit in the park. But I hope he gets a go. He's a handy forward and there's injuries all over the place. And, um, you know, you just want to see the best players playing in NRL. Buzz, you had a nice piece in your column too about the old Redfern Express, the great Terry Fay, a legend, played for Australia, also played at the Roosters toward the end of his career. But he's just got a bit of a struggle on his hands medically. Yeah, he was one of my favourite players growing up, Bulldog, old Terry Fay. And, um, yeah... Very, very lucky story here for... Um, he was getting... Te- he's a really fit bloke, by the way, and he's, he's never smoked, and it's a message to everyone to go and get your heart checked. Go and have thorough checkups. Doesn't matter how... You know, once you're over 40, go and get checked, because the old Express was getting chest pains on his farm. They took him to Dubbo Hospital. He was transferred to Orange. They did test. Then it was so serious, they had to put him in their ambulance to RPA, in Sydney, when he uh, arrived there, there was emergency surgery. Um, and the good news is he's recovering well there in RPA. And I'm sure, you know, now we've, it's out there, he's going to get lots and lots of goodwill messages from Rabideau's fans, current players. He's a, he, was a, he was a great player. He really was. Buzz, I thought a great part of your column, and one that I must say actually surprised me when I conjured up in my own mind who the NRL's most marketable player would be. I would have thought it was Nathan Cleary, but your article shone some light on maybe what could be a surprising number one for a lot of people. Yeah, I thought it might have been Tom Turbo, actually, but there's a company called YouGov, and they're a very, very credible research company, and they have Josh Adokar as the number one player for... Public popularity, number two, Cameron Munster, three, Tedesco, four, your man, Cleary, and five, Ryan Pappenhausen. The other story with the Fox, while Freddie and Brandy didn't want him in game one, he came out with a clothing brand last year called Foxtrot. They got about $200,000 worth of sales and have completely sold out. They've gone back to the manufacturers. There'll be more gear available soon. So it just shows the incredible popularity. 
The New South Wales Rugby League, even though he didn't play, used him for all their marketing, for merchandise. He was on flagpoles at the uh, out at Homebush. And, yeah, I hope he gets back into the side. Um, they, they probably, you know, uh, I'd just love to see him back in there. I think we lack a little bit of spark that he brings to the football team. Hey, Buzz, I'll tell you who will be number one very soon and could stay there for many years. The winger at the Roosters, geez, he was enormous again last night, Joseph Suwali. Yeah, sensational player, isn't he? I actually said, look, if they are looking for a new winger for Origin, if one of the boys uh, gets hurt that we used on Wednesday night, do you go Josh Adokar or do you go Joseph Suwali? And I haven't seen a player operate the air like he does for a long time. I haven't seen a winger. I know George Tafur at Manly used to be able to crash tackle guys, but this um, this guy does it more regularly, and he is a sensational player doing this at 18 years of age. He sure is. Um, Buzz, uh, we'll read your column today in the Daily Telegraph, uh, the Sunday Telegraph, I should say, as we do uh, each and every week. And, of course, look forward to hearing you with the uh, the team on the Big Sports Breakfast this coming week as well. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Thanks, Buzz. Buzz Rothfield there. Now, coming up on Racing HQ with Grant Boyden, uh, Mick Wallace is going to preview the meeting at Hawkesbury today. I did Formline Extra with uh, Mick last night, and geez, found some good value there today as well. Um, so a good meeting there at Hawkesbury. I'm actually um, keen on one in, in the first race there today. Um, Vinny Spirit uh, at Hawkesbury, horse for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. It's about 390 at the moment, so there's a tip for your bulldog in the first race. Uh, so the Big Sports Breakfast, um, uh, sorry, and just on today's racing, uh, China Marston, she's going to look at the Sapphire Coast. So that's coming up uh, on Racing HQ after this program, the Big Sports Breakfast. That's going to be back on Tuesday at 5.30. So uh, tomorrow, tune in at 6.30 for Racing HQ, and that is with uh, Richard Haynes um, uh, joining everyone tomorrow. So if you'd like to revisit any of today's shows or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android and you can uh, listen to any of those terrific interviews that we've had this morning and a big thank you to our guests we've had uh, Phil Buzz Rothfield uh, joining us just then Gary Jack great to talk to uh, the legendary New South Welshman uh, this morning as well uh, we had uh Peter Peters, Zorba, he fired up at you, didn't he, Bulldog? Uh, Jared Daffy as well, thanks to him. And Phil Moss talking football as well. And, of course, the great Ray Thomas over in the UK at the moment for Royal Ascot. And, of course, you will see the five-day carnival uh, on Sky Thoroughbred Central and crystal clear high definition. I know you love your sport. Will you be staying up late and watching the racing? I will, just for you. Thank you. And uh, I'll be back next week because... Ray Mondo will still be in uh, in the UK for the races then. So thanks, Bulldog. Great thanks, to sit Ryan. alongside Fantastic you this morning. Fun. Really enjoyed it. And thank you for all of your calls this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Enjoy your Sunday.